1: episode of Really Another Podcast. (laughs) I'm your co-host John, I'm your co-host Tim, and our special guest, Miss Jo over here. Hopefully she'll chime in at some point.
2: (laughs) I'll chime in now. Hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That works. (laughs) Since it is spooky season, and it is my favorite time of the month, October, this one's going to... Try to keep it on topic of horror and all things Halloweeny. <laughs> Halloweeny. Boy.
0: So go ahead, John. Start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're the conductor of this railroad to hell. Oh, <laughs> well, there is Highway to Hell. Be a horror movie, which is actually one of the first. Highway to Hell was actually one of the first horror movies ever rented in Blockbuster. Highway to Hell
0: mm-hmm. I've never even heard of Highway to Hell but He said it was a B-movie so yeah well,
1: that was one of the things about Blah so they always kept a nice collection of B-horror movies in one spot and then like the they had one rack that was just specifically all the AAA titles mm-hmm. here. Friday the 13th occasionally they'd have Hellraiser even though Hellraiser is somewhat considered more of a B-horror which I don't understand why because all the special effects that go in that movie Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, Hellraiser. Yeah, Pinhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he gets enough love. I think he's a underrated yeah, horror even, character.
0: Even Demons from Hell need love,
1: too. <laughs> I see, My favorite's always been Friday the 13th. Jason's my boy. I think if I
0: had to have a favorite uh, horror franchise, it would probably have to be uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's... Which I know those two are supposed to be like, you know,
1: as like opposed the, to each other. And yeah, it's kind of like the well, in the two five two area, that's pretty much Carolina versus Duke or Carolina versus State. <laughs> right. <laughs> one either one person either <laughs> likes the other or hates the other. They rarely ever like both equally.
0: Well, yeah, it's like between Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Halloween. It's like supposed to be the the trifecta of of horror, of
1: original horror. Yeah the eighties slashers. I mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't until when I until I truly started paying attention to the actual um, storyline of Freddy Krueger. Uh-huh. Uh, just take away the horror aspect of what he's doing, but his backstory. That's when I started not liking him. I was like, how could anybody support a pedophile character? <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the '80s, it was more
0: acceptable.
3: <laughs> I guess so.
0: <laughs> it was kind of like one of those things that was just like so outlandish of an idea that someone would do that to, to be that way around about children. Right. That's why it was like it's perfect for horror because it's like it's definitely a horror. You subject. didn't hear about it as much, you know. You heard about children going missing, but it was you thought maybe that was more of a just straight out like or straight up like serial killer kind of thing, and not mm. going on uh, crossing that line into you know sexual perversion so back then it was kind of like you know that's not what's happening to his children are just disappearing and dying unfortunately but but yeah now you hear that there's so much more going on with it or has happened
3: mm-hmm.
0: with Epstein and all that other stuff that you know yeah. now it's just
1: that in itself is is a horror so what do you think what do you think about when they glorify um, actual serial killers Ed Gein. What do I think about it? Um, I know that stuff actually happened. Yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is loosely based off of Ed Gein, very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's because people just have a they have a,
0: a weird macabre fascination with with the things that seem like it's just too unbelievable for it to happen, but yet it does. Mm. You know, I mean. That's the reason why a lot of people go to watch horror movies or enjoy horror movies because it's that comfort of knowing, thinking that, it's kind of like when you see somebody fall down and you laugh, it's not because you're really laughing at them, you're just, you're you're laughing more or less, it's it's an expression of happiness that the, it, the incident didn't happen to you. Right. So it's kind of like watching a horror movie, is like you're uh, sitting you at the fuck. comfort of your home or theater <laughs> watching someone else's misfortune but happy about the fact that it's not you, you know. And in the whole thing of, this is what I would do. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think um, um, shoot, what's the guy's name? Um, Hitchcock. I think he, I think one of his um, quotes probably going off of, going off of that kind of description. I think his quote summed it up pretty nicely. They said, I believe everybody enjoys a good murder provided that he or she isn't the victim. Exactly. I was like, absolutely. I was like, that's.
0: That's. Wow. Well, I mean, (laughs) Hitchcock was the master. (laughs) He was the master of suspense, you know? So, I mean, that's pretty much where I think the genre probably got its actual start, was with Hitchcock. Suspense, well, you know, because there's, well, there's a difference between absolute straight up horror, and then there's like suspense, and sometimes those two kind of get either married together or they get confused with one another, because you have horror where it's gory, it's blood, it's it's, you know, just real visceral, and then you have suspense where it's more of the jump scare or more of the psychological. Mm-hmm. Scare, you know, yeah, that's really different messy. from just the, the psychological effect of watching someone get mutilated or, or slashed or something like that. But Albert, I mean, excuse me, but Al- Alfred Hitchcock is the, I mean, he he was the king of suspense. He he was the one that pretty much created that whole thing. As a matter of fact, his movie Psycho was one of the first movies to show back in the I think it was the '60s. That was one of the first ones to show a toilet. Yeah, you know, in a movie which was considered, you know, you didn't, you didn't do that. It was like, and it's he, kind of weird. Why would you not? Because everybody takes a shit. <laughs> so why, why would it be such a like? Uh, uh-uh, you can't, you can't show, you know, a toilet in a movie or in a scene. He was one of the first ones to do it, and because I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he was the boss. <laughs> it's like you can't tell me not to do that.
2: Now, are we actually glorifying serial killers? Or is it where they're just um, using the serial killer as, you know, the an a, example to use in a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and making it ten times this character, and the character's still bad, and everybody knows they're bad, and yeah. they're scared of them, so you're not actually really glorifying that serial killer?
1: Well, where I was talking about when it comes to glorifying is where, like, I know where you start seeing all these these fan made T shirts and hoodies and whatnot and it shows like by like Edge for example or Ted Bundy, where you can go out now with those websites sh- you know, showing them, showing like their birth and their you know, the day they died and instead of it just being something they threw into a horror movie to make money, like you I've actually found a few people where they're like yeah, I love Dad Gein. I mean, like, his story is awesome. I'm like, dude, he was a serial killer. How can you love that? I can understand you enjoying the movie for what it is, but when you actually like liked what he did and thought it was awesome, I was like, that's a different story. Yeah. I don't know. Because like, they're like, if I, if I was in his shoes, I would have done it this way. I was like, that's pre-attempt. I was like, that's, now you're talking about pre-attempt. <laughs> like, you're not putting thought into it.
0: And I guess, sometimes it's just some people like to be different. They like to claim that they have this fascination with a serial killer because it's not considered normal behavior. So it makes them seem like they are on the fringe of society or they're different. Mm-hmm. And for some, it's just a fascination. It's a passing fancy or it's a passing thing. But for others, it could be a, a warning sign. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, there's something
1: psychologically wrong with this person. And I can understand the psychological aspect, like wanting to learn more about them to find out, you know, what makes them tick to think that way. I get that completely. I think that's with. I think that's almost with anybody wanting to know how they, how the thought process is.
2: That's why you have profilers, you know, and they're mm-hmm. being profiled. I love um, profilers. It shows about yeah. pro-
0: profiling yes. serial killers, kind of breaking it down, right. trying to figure out their background, what caused
1: them to to flip the switch. Right. And they talk when I, when I took psychology class in high school, which unfortunately failed it because I couldn't get the terminologies correct because there are eighteen syllables for the words. <laughs> I was like, how, I was like, you want me to pronounce? It, I can't even spell it. Right. <laughs> you know, there was a couple of there was a couple of days in in that class that that's all we talked about was what makes a serial killer my tick. I'm just like. I I can't, I can't, I I can't get my mind to, for me, it's like I can't get my mind to go that dark to try to figure out what makes them do the things they do, unless I were to try to go through it and do it myself. Can't be too hard.
0: I mean, just think about it. Break it down. I mean, we're all one step away from being that person. You could be driving your car into town one day and somebody cuts you off and the first thing that hits your mind is you either want to knock them off the road or with your car or you want to kill, follow them and maybe even just punch them in the face. It's it's just that close of a switch that you know you won't do it but you know how, how close to getting that switch turned on or off whatever the case may be off of normal behavior or on to psychological behavior that makes you want to become that person because that's all you can think about your anger may override your better sensibilities and we're all i think most of us are one two steps away from that we just we just don't go that far we haven't been pushed that hard enough to go in that direction whether we've been raised properly or not you know wherever you want to try to throw into that that soup of you know whatever caused this person to act a certain way You know, we all have our breaking points.
3: Mm.
0: You know, doesn't matter if you grew up in a household of, you know, the family dog and White Picket Fence and the Great Family, and or if you grew up in a a, usually you have to watch out for (laughs) a a den of drug and prostitution. You know, (laughs) there are some people that have come out of that. It's better people than some of the people that grew up in a quote unquote normal situation. Well, like the
2: documentary we saw. that guy the other day that killed his wife and his kids. What was that guy's name? Oh, um They were from North Carolina and moved out to Oklahoma or somewhere like that.
1: There's been a few incidences like that. I said that's well pretty much the friggin' storyline of Amityville Horror. Where the father snapped and killed his whole family. I don't will have it in a second here. I would love to go see that house in person, but... It's in Colorado. Well, what old house are you talking about? The Amityville Horror House. Oh, well, that's in New York. I've seen pictures of it in the daylight, you know, after, you know with all the special effects and lighting taken off the um, cover. It's a really beautiful home.
2: So that's based on a true
3: story. Mm-hmm. Yep. So
1: what's the background of that movie? Well, the um, but well, well, the real the real life thing, you know, is what I just said was um, you know, the the father snapped and killed his whole family, and then he killed himself. But the uh, actual movie, <clears throat> which which movie are you talking about? Amityville Horror. Well,
0: it wasn't the father that snapped and killed his family. It was it was the son, the oldest son. That snapped and killed his family. That was the original family.
1: But the um with the with the movie, they made it to where it was the house that drove people mad in order to in order to go through it. Like, so anybody, any family who ever moved into that house is like the house had a curse on it.
3: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, it was Ronald Defay Jr. He. He went. He was one that he uh, claimed that he, it was voices in his head that were telling him to kill his whole family. So he, called, he killed his whole family, and he admitted to it. And then it was the Lutzes that moved in not long after, and were experiencing the so-called demonic presences in the house, mm-hmm. and uh, and that caused the you know, it was causing. The lust is to experience all this, and then they only were there for like a month before they got run out of the house. And of course, you know, then that's where you got the boat the Amityville Horror, and then a lot of people were claiming that their story was BS because it was just a way for them to get out from underneath the house that, you know, they were... Because uh, beyond the story, they were having issues of uh, job issues. Uh, you know, the father, um, he was having... Um, George was having problems with finances and... and they were under a lot of a mountain of debt and that was a way of getting out from the house and then writing the bill to write the book and, and try to go on. But but they left everything. That's the problem though, is when they left, they left everything in the house. Clothes, furniture. It's not like they tried to slowly move out and then claim it was something that was driving them out. It was like they mm-hmm. would just ran completely out of the house. And the movie, The Amity of Horror, of course, like all movies, it took some liberties with some of the information. It didn't didn't jive with the book necessarily in, in many cases. But, you know, you're talking about horror, it's like things come in stages because if you look at a lot of the movies that were released in the 70s under the moniker of horror, the majority of them had everything, just about everything to do with demonic possession, the devil. You had the Amityville horror, you had uh the exorcist you had rosemary's baby it's like every other movie there was a Damien uh you had the, the omen there were a lot of movies that were surrounding the idea that the devil is right
1: around the corner <laughs> pretty much <laughs> you know it didn't take it no time when you get into a supernatural horror <laughs> and hardly anybody ever makes it really good when it comes to that it's either really cheesy or it's CGI out of the fuck hole well that's
0: I think that's one of the things about some of the horror from the 70's especially with with regards to demonic possession like The Exorcist The Exorcist is considered one of the best movies ever made Mm -hmm. one of the scariest movies ever made and especially if you watch the movie with some of the outtakes put back in the movie it's even spookier and even stranger cause of some of the elements they put in there and of course like uh, you know like a lot of movies that have to do with horror there's there are rumors that there were crazy things weird things that were happening on set like some of the furniture on set moving without anybody moving it things like that and no, it was like as if it's almost as if the
1: the movie itself was kind of possessed, in a way. Yeah. There's, a, there's, actually, a, there's actually a documentary on Shudder talking about um, cursed movies to a degree where so much unexplained stuff happened on set and nobody mm-hmm. could um, explain it. People people magically either dying or getting seriously injured and no one knows why.
0: Poltergeist 2 is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Well, actually it started with the first Poltergeist movie. And there's been a lot of contention back and forth, and you have to really kind of dig into it a little bit, but I want to say it was the second movie, Portuguese 2, where some of the skeletons that were used, or it might have been the first movie, actually I think it was the first movie, the skeletons that were used oh, yeah, were, actually real cool were actually real skeletons from a, a medical examination lab or something like that,
1: and... That's one thing I've never understood why people got so buttered over that because it's actually cheaper to buy or rent those things versus actually use special effects and make them and movies have been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. And for some odd reason that one particular movie everybody got they got so offended that there was possibly real skeletons used. I,
0: I was like grow up. <laughs> it probably wasn't an issue back then until it just seemed like there were strange things happening on the set. So something like strange things happen. You have to find a source, even if you don't know the source. You, your mind has to pin it to something. Something mm-hmm. has to be accused, and so it's very easy to say, "Oh, well, it must have been these skeletons that were." We just now find out that they're they're taking. They're actually real skeletons. They're not like fakes. So it's like that must be it. It, it must be <laughs> the ghost of these skeletons
1: that are haunting the set. And I actually heard one um... one rumor, conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they, they're thinking that they used. Um, they use skeletons from ancient I mean, Indian burial ground I was like oh come on <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's one thing that's been overplayed so much when it comes to the movies the Indian burial ground thing
0: mm-hmm. or Native American burial ground <laughs>
1: if you want to be political, oh. right? well this ain't a PC <laughs> this ain't a PC podcast <laughs> no I just thought I'd throw it in. <laughs> that would be funny you want to get some listener triggered now <laughs> So whoever's going to listen to this?
0: But I think I think sometimes it's put out there just to kind of like gain more interest in in the product, you know. Because the Exorcist came out in the seventies; it was very popular then. It scared the crap out of people. I think there was even some reports of people having
1: heart attacks going to go see the movie. Yep, uh, and then. That that you was know, one. Of the, that was one of the first movies that really gave a shock value seeing it in theaters for the first time for 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 its time anyway. I mean, a lot of people got disturbed by that movie. And movies are the, they're the product of their time. Uh, and and the, most of the most of the people that got to like really upset watching that were people that they didn't know what they were getting into. Everything, yeah. it was, they, where they saw The Exorcist saw the, saw the cover and everything it was going to be more of a spiritual movie so to speak when they found out it was a horror movie
3: mm-hmm.
1: they were not okay <laughs> was I've people like, seen it there's people that it was, it was a lot of people who had absolutely no interest in the genre of horror period that went to go see it and when they came out they were terrified
2: well you can walk out of a the theater if you're not liking it
1: you would think they would a lot of people Stood around and try to <clears throat> suck it up, so to speak. And next thing you know, there's articles in the newspaper. I took my family to go see this. I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you take your whole family, especially really young kids at that age, to go see that movie? You didn't wait for them to become teenagers before you show them that.
2: You have an option.
0: Well, it's because people are irresponsible and then they want to blame somebody else for their irresponsibility. Yes. It's typical. It's like people. Would take their kids to go see Batman, the first Batman movie, Batman '89. Mm-hmm. They took their because it was Batman. It was supposed to be a comic book character, and it was. The only problem is is that you know this was not, you know, your Adam West Batman. This wasn't yeah, was the a Batman. <laughs> you know, this was this was Batman with actual bat balls. Okay, and and he used them too, and they took their kids to go see this movie. Oh, it's Batman! It's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. You know, and he's... Hashtag
3: Batballs. <laughs>
0: and he's, he's, you know, Batman is actually getting it on. <laughs> he's actually punching people around. And then they complain about Batman being, uh, you know, like, "Oh, I can't believe I took... This is supposed to be a Batman movie. It's a comic movie. And there was this and there was that. And I'm just completely appalled and everything. You know, but instead of telling parents, you know, you just need to, like, not take your kids... ...to go see these, this movie. You know, it, it's, it's rated a certain... It's rated PG-13 or whatever for a reason. You don't take young children to see this movie. But they do it anyway. And then they want to blame the theater... ...or the, the, uh, the, the studio that made the movie... ...for how violent or sexualized it is... ...or whatever the case may be. You know, and then you get what you get. You yeah. know, which is them changing the format of Batman... ...and then, you know, Batman Returns... ...they actually sold McDonald's toys and Batman the Batman Returns was actually worse than the first Batman because of some of the things in it but you're like oh well let's market it to children because children are going to go see this movie and put <laughs> you know the, uh, let's put the penguin in his penguin mobile in the, Bat- in the uh, McDonald's Happy Meal box for price uh, sake parents are you
2: know they used to watch the movies first before they would let their kids and say yes you can watch this or no you can't watch it Mm -hmm. they took responsibility now everybody is you know relying on um, somebody else or a pg rating um, which you know if look at the pg rating review it and see you know is it something you're going to carry your kids to take some responsibility yourself don't everybody's so easy to blame it and let society raise their own kid, their kids for them, instead of them raising their kids.
1: Yeah, too, too busy becoming a victim.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And they should do their research and observe before they. They need to through. get bat balls. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, well, that's a t-shirt now. <laughs> really, another podcast presents hashtag bat balls.
0: <laughs> but it's the same thing with horror movies because you know. People will take their kids to go see a character that has become so famous that it's become part of the, the, the pop culture lexicon. I'm sure there were parents that took kids to go see Friday the 13th movies, or, or actually even better than that, they they took them to go see Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Now, how is that a trick? <laughs> is that Freddy's character becomes so popular, becomes a Halloween? You know, you got kids dressing up as Freddy Krueger. They're dressing mm-hmm. up as a character that was a pedophile. <laughs> in the movie, you know, even though you never saw him do anything, it was just implied and was talked about, mm-hmm. especially in the first movie, and to set up the background of the character. And now kids are dressing up as Freddy Krueger, and now they're taking their kids to go see these movies.
1: They're trying to impress. They're, so f- they're trying to their fear. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that I saw the first and
2: the last one, not the other one.
1: Oh, a Nightmare, in, not,
2: not, a um, nightmare in the
1: Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Well.
0: Okay, so which one was the last one that you saw? Because there's a difference between a last Friday the Thirteenth and then
2: Freddy's
0: Dead. I think. <clears throat> oh, okay, so you saw you saw Freddy's Dead. <laughs> I
2: think it was in 3D. Yeah, that, that
0: was one was one, in 3D. I saw that one what, too.
2: Yeah, that's what it was.
1: Uh, this stuff, the stuff, starting to kick in a little bit. Yeah. This is, this is nice. There's only one good <laughs> Friday the
0: Thirteenth movie. I mean, uh, there's only one good Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and that is the first one.
2: And that was the one I saw the first one and the
0: last one. Right, and the last one was like it, it's like it's, it's unfortunately it's one of those properties that just got worse and worse with each. Now, there is progress, but which each, each
1: one that was ever done, there, there is one movie, and I'm almost. Part of me is most <clears> afraid <throat> to admit that I loved it, but well, that like, cat's out of the bag now. But keep <coughs> it, f- keep f- it fans up, fans,
0: keep giving it up. You're working,
1: you're working good. Keep building it up because <laughs> I'm waiting for the for you to announce it. <laughs>
0: hey, I
2: say everybody likes what they like, you know.
1: Yeah, but there's there certain movies where you will get blasted, like really, you liked that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm like that about Hudson Hawk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but one one movie that gets a hell of a lot of beef, and I hate that it does because I, mean, I actually I went in theaters and watched it, and I, and I came back when I was leaving. I was almost the only person in the theater that enjoyed every minute. Not and and everybody was like that movie was a waste of fucking time. What were they thinking? Freddy versus Jason. Really? I absolutely loved mm-hmm. that movie. I've only found maybe one other person <laughs> who shared my equal love to it. They're like, Yeah, maybe Kate Ass. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you can't talk about Friday the thirteenth or
0: Nat Renoshi e. 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 without talking about Fred um without talking about Freddie versus Jason. 'Cause that was the movie that everybody wanted to see.
1: And the only the only my only negative review for that movie was that Kane Hodder... Did not reprise his role as Jason, mm-hmm. but after watching Kane Howard's documentary on Shudder he was originally supposed to be in that movie, but they got his stunt double to play it instead, and that was because the guy who um, was in charge of casting wasn't told that Kate already had the role, mm. and he was Kane was livid. Oh, <laughs> and the guy who the guy who was a stunt double was the one in um, Takes Manhattan where he gets hit by the car. It was that one up, double. The guy's only been in one. He's only been in one uh, Friday the 13th movie. And he's the one that was Jason the whole time. I was like, yeah, Kane, I can can understand you completely. You got pissed off of that. The thing that pissed me off about that movie
0: was the fact that Freddy didn't necessarily win that fight. I wanted Freddy to win that fight. I wanted Jason to win. (laughs) I I wanted Freddy to win because I've never really cared that much about Jason. (coughs) <coughs> so that's it. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Jason is like... I mean... What really... I think what would have been really cool about that movie... And I know they're separate. But it would have been cool if like... Mike Myers came in and actually took them both out. <laughs> that
1: actually would have been a nice
0: twist. I, wouldn't have I think it done. would have been
1: a hell of a twist. I wish the idea, the, the idea for, for, for Jason in general came, came from the Halloween movies anyway. And the only... The main, the only reason why you don't hear you know Jason's little mini you know mini you know, song throughout the whole entire thing like you do a lot with the Halloween movies is because mm-hmm. they did won't they felt like if they did that it'd be a blatant copy and paste.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: The one thing I never understood about Halloween was why in the world they use William Shatner's face as a mask. I thought that was so weird.
0: because i think at the time if i remember correctly it was the they needed a mask right away and they went down to the local local you know costume shop and it was the only one that they could get that was close to what they were looking for and of course they had to cut out the holes and then they took and painted it white it wasn't even the skin tone yeah for william shatner so they ended up painting it white and cutting out the eyes uh, making them bigger so that the actor could see, mm-hmm. you know, and then, of course, <clears throat> but you didn't really actually see Jason. I mean, uh, you didn't really see Mike, Mike, Michael Myers' eyes throughout most of the movie. Yeah, what the camera be. angle kept kind of blacked out. Mm-hmm. So
2: what's the backstory on that? I've kind of heard a little bit, but I don't know. Backstory
0: uh, the, on what? The mask you were just saying? Well,
2: you will you about the um, mask?
1: The, yeah, the mask that, um, that Michael Myers wears, it, the um, the Halloween mask that he wears it's um it's William Sh- it's William Shatner's William, yeah William Shatner's face but they um whited it out from it, what? from the it was a it was like one of those I guess a Star I guess a Star, star Trek, Trek mask, mask. Mm-hmm. mask? Okay. yeah and they whited it and they whited it out because they didn't want it to be you know blatant it's kind of the same thing with uh, how um Jason's mask came to be it was the um they brought it when they brought, when, they brought um, when he mysteriously you know grew up to be a young I mean a, a full grown adult from being a kid in the first movie to being like I guess thirty years old in the second movie so to speak when they um when they wanted to remove the um the potato sack from being his mask they wanted to give him a true a true look the hockey mask was actually on a whim because they wanted, they wanted to change that out. And the um when they were trying to figure out what to do and they were actually losing they were actually losing um recording time they're like we gotta find we gotta find a substitute quick because the director hated using the um potato sack mask in the first place in the second movie and um a dude walked in <laughs> wearing a hockey mask as a joke you know just to I me mean, he was he was wearing it off said just to have fun and the director saw it and said yes <laughs> and he says bring that here. And they took it put it on the actor's face and it's the classic look ever since. Okay. okay. Yeah. I guess I kind of can agree to some extent that if, if it, I have a feeling that if they didn't use that hockey mask Jason probably wouldn't be considered as cool of a character as he is today. If they probably used anything else sometimes he wouldn't have a franchise. That's everybody it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what Friday the thirteenth um, fan you find, the main collection they have is the masks. They don't have the other outfits that he wears, they don't have all of the tools that he I mean, the weapons that he ever used in the um in all the other movies, whether it was Shady or Fire and Poker or Heart the Harpoon. It's always nothing but masks. Of course. What people also forget is that the first Friday the thirteenth movie was not Jason. Yeah, it was his
0: mother. It was his mother. And Jason didn't actually make an appearance until at the very end of the movie. And that
1: was really supposed to be more like a dream sequence. <clears throat> and that dude looks weird now. <laughs> when I went to go look up what he looked like, you know, without his prosthetics. It looked weird as hell. <laughs> well but we know, all grown up anyway. Yeah. The guy looks like he belongs to a hair middle band. <laughs> That shit is really good. i got to remember this. I'm going to take a picture.
0: Here, here. I'll turn it so you can see it. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to make a trip to
1: Gatlinburg.
2: (laughs) I got some um, coffee creamer,
1: too. Oh, smoky moonshine.
2: Coffee creamer has some kick.
1: And that's what you need in your coffee. <laughs> some kick. Now what about some of the more comical style horror movies? Like Child's Playing Gremlins. Oh,
2: no, I've seen Gremlins.
0: Gremlins, well, yeah, I mean, I, I love Gremlins. I
1: say, gremlins. I say, that's comedy horror.
0: Yeah, I love Gremlins. Uh, I love both I like both movies Uh, that's another one where it's like Gremlins 2 the new batch
3: Mm -hmm.
0: it's one of those it's like you either hate it or you love it pretty much and I love the movie because I love how it makes fun of itself I love how it makes fun of other things uh, you know, especially once it became a Warner Brothers property, and like the new Batman movie was about to come
1: out. I love, in, I love how that, before you even started doing this, you're like, you're gonna, you're gonna be doing this by shit. You know more about horror than I do, and here you are with all like, this random fucking knowledge. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I thought you didn't know anything. I, no, no, no. If you go back and you rewind, <laughs> you'll see that I'm actually like, I'm I'm, just, I'm
0: kind of painting colors with other movies. I'm not really talking about horror.
2: <laughs> well, I never considered Gremlins a horror movie. Like when I first watched it, when it came out, whenever it came out, in the early nineties, eight, late eighties. I don't know when it came out. <laughs> I don't know. I considered it hilarious. Let's
0: look it up. I want to say when it remember. came out in 1984, and it was actually the movie that helped create the need for PG thirteen.
2: Well, I thought I it we, was hilarious. I mean, I you, we got, you got this animal, you know, they throw in the microwave and it explodes. I mean, I yeah. was like, really? This is funny. You know, it's yeah. hilarious. You know, if you look at it that way, you don't take it like... Yeah,
1: the first one came out in 84. The new one came out in 90, you know, 1990. Yeah, 1990. Because
0: they were 90? in 1990s when uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch, was released. And it was released, actually I said before, but it's actually after... Batman uh, I think the property became a part of Warner Brothers or at least because there was a part in the movie where one of the gremlins takes an elixir that turns and gives him bat wings so when he flies out of the wall through the wall it's like when the camera pans over real quick it's the bat symbol in the sh- in a shape of you know in a, a hole in the wall uh-huh. So it's oh, like yeah, a make yeah. fun of Batman, <laughs> right. and I'm just sitting there laughing because all that and all the other different things that happen in the movie. It's like Gremlins Two is more farcical; it's more funny and whimsical than the, the original ones. The original back in 1984 was more of a kind of a a kiddish horror because of some of the elements in it. But it was, um, but yeah, the second one was. Because they wanted to make the second one a lot like the first one, actually m- m- more horror thing, but they just they ended up going in the opposite direction, make it more fun, make it funnier, and that's where I think it lost some people because they they wanted to see something more like the first movie, and would, they got something completely different. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, for you know, for me, I think it worked because you actually thought it was they actually had it seemed like they were really having fun with it.
2: Right. Well, that's kind of like you know. Um, when um, Little Shop of Horrors, you know, when I first saw that movie, like, back in the 90s, I hated it. Well, th- when I saw it, I saw it in the You 90s. saw it in the 90s, but the right. movie came out in the 80s. Right, but I saw it in the 90s. I hated it. And so I refused to watch it again, and everybody's like, Oh, Little Shop of Horrors, I love it, I love it. I'm, I'm like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Well, why and did you hate it? Because I did not understand the concept of, of it. I just... I was thinking serious. You know, I'm thinking, okay, little shop of horrors uh-huh. like, like, I was not prepared it for I'm it to still. be a um comedy, comedy prepared, horror, right, a comedy horror. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. No. Um, for it to be a musical. So then when you when we watched it about three months ago, I was like, Okay, let's give it another try but give me the backstory on it. And you told me the backstory about the movie, and this time I was like, I get it now, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually had a good time watching the movie this go around.
1: Now, was that the original one you watched, or the 90s one with Rick Moranis in it? The
2: original, no, no, there, no there's
1: no, there's two. There
0: is an original that actually has, I think, uh, uh Jack Nicholson, and then there's because it actually started out as a play, I, I believe it came, it was, it was actually. A Broadway play, and then they made a movie, of black and white that starred Jack Nicholson. And then there was the one in the eighties that had Rick Moranis in it okay, so and that's Steve the one Martin. That saw.
2: Yeah, the,
1: that's, the original one came out in nineteen sixty, and Rick Moranis was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so the eighties one. As well. I have
0: not seen the original black and white with Jack Nicholson from the, from nineteen sixty. That's not. That's not bad. What I did, but that's what I like. I think John Landis directed. I think John Landis directed uh, Little Shop of Horrors from the 80s. Let's see here. Uh, it seems to have his touch, but I could be wrong. It
1: says uh, Frank Oz directed
0: Oh, Frank Oz did. Okay, well, I, got, I went way off. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I thought John Landis was supposed to direct it. Maybe I heard he was supposed to direct it. Possibly. And he didn't because of the incident for The Twilight Zone where he got into uh, legal trolls but actually I think Twilight Zone came out much later I think it came out like in the mid 80's after that so maybe not
1: I mean that's another thing I would love to see more of is Twilight or Twilight Zone I used to love watching that shit at night
0: I like watching the original episodes but I really love watching uh, Twilight Zone from the, from the 80s. The TV show from the 80s. Mm-hmm. That was fun to watch. And then they... I think they were bringing it back on CBS Online. Did you ever watch the movie? I watched the movie. Of course I watched the movie. I thought the movie was... I thought it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. The... The... But this It's like... I like the way they put it in segments because I think originally they were going to take one... Of the, they were take one of the original scripts from one of the original shorts in the in the original show, and they were gonna make that into one long movie. But when Steven Spielberg was in charge, when he was (coughs) running the project, he decided it was probably better to actually take and uh, and split it up into um, like do like they they did like where the movie has segments. It has four four uh, like semi movies or segments in the whole movie. And one of the best parts of the movie was at the very beginning of the movie where you have Dan Aykroyd and um uh she I can't remember the other actress
1: name, but I should know it. That's right. I'm D I M I.M.D.B. is your best buddy. <laughs> Can I remember it? Oh. Now did you hear about the um let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, five, six.
0: How sad is when I put in type in Twilight, it's Twilight movies come up first.
1: Bunch of savages in this town. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, that was four people that died on set of, Twi- of Twilight, the movie. The, um, the ending scene where the um, helicopters are supposed to um, evacuate the um, evacuate the kids. <clears throat> the, when they set up, um, they had some pyrotechnics, and the um, I think it was I can't remember if it was a lake or a river. I just remember it was a body of water. And the um, the the pyro, the um, supervisor for the pyrotechnics yeah. didn't go didn't do his job seeing where seeing where the um, explosions were set and um, the guy had the stuff um, placed way too closely so when the um, helicopter was coming in the the um, pyrotechnics were at was that um, actually caused the um, helicopter to crash. And the guy who was carrying the two kids, Take well, you know, he, his name was Nick He was, um, he was trying to get him. A, he was trying to, you know, he was supposed to try to get him to safety to where you know they get on the helicopter and you know fly out. But when he noticed that the helicopter was coming down, he was trying his best to get out of there. Someone saw, you know, another person on the set saw what was about to happen. He was like, "Dude, run!" Like, I mean, he was trying his best to save the kids, and the helicopter ended up crashing, and they all died.
2: And wasn't there another movie where that happened? You can see the actual scene where the helicopter crashes and kills somebody. Wasn't there another movie? There, prob- there
1: probably is.
2: There's another one with a body of water that I remember hearing about. I don't know what it was.
1: I found out they actually brought a lot of um, a lot of legal stuff because I think it was, I can't remember what country they were filming that scene in. It seemed like it was like Venezuela or something. But they were, they actually, they were breaking the, um, there was a, a, a minor's law because like kids weren't supposed to be out, I think like after 11 o'clock on the set or whatnot. And they were filming after that at, you know, they, they were filming at like two o'clock in the morning for that scene.
0: Yeah, it was, there were, it, well, they, they actually filmed in the United States and the scene was, uh, it, they, they had actually filmed some earlier scenes with the children the two the two uh, Vietnamese children and Vic Morrow, and then they wanted to go back and do some night scenes. But the only problem was, like you said, that there there are the Screen Actors Guild and and Department of Labor in California. There was a certain time that children were not allowed to work because of late hours and overtime um, issues. And they were not. They they came back and they were they were not supposed to work past. I think it was 10 p.m. Mm. And they brought him back, kind of like on the sly, and filmed some scenes. But then it was the incident at 2 a.m. the next morning that they were filming the helicopter scene where, they, where, where Vic Morrow's character was supposed to be trying to get the kids out of harm's way. And the helicopter was supposed to land, and they were supposed to get on the helicopter and fly away. And then the pyrotechnics went off it messed up the rotor blades of the helicopter and caused it to crash. When it crashed the larger rotor blades of the helicopter actually tipped over and actually decapitated Vic Morrow, one of the children and then the other child was crushed under the wreckage of the helicopter. And that's how they all died. Now
2: was that
0: the Twilight Zone? The movie. That was Twilight Zone the movie that okay. was filmed I think in eighty two.
2: Yes, it said
0: eighty two. Oh, I'm doing pretty good tonight. <laughs> I remember my days. It was, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks, they play the little shortness at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. where Dan Aykroyd is asking him, you know, or, um, what is it he's asking, and he's like, want to see something scary? <laughs> 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 want to see something really scary? And then he turns around, and he's this monster, you know, and he attacks Albert Brooks' character, and then it's like, and it's like, it, it, the camera goes from inside the, the, uh, the uh, car to the outside, and it's like you see the car rocking, and then uh, and then it, the camera pans up to the sky, the twilighted sky, and that's where it starts with the, the, the title sequence and the title card for the Twilight Zone the movie, and it's uh some and it's good because it pays off on the, at the end of the movie, where after the last sequence where John Lithgow's character has just experienced the gremlin on the plane which is a remake of the original Twilight Zone uh, episode that has William Shatner playing that, playing in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Lithgow's character is being loaded into a, an ambulance, and the, the ambulance driver is asking him, you know, oh, I had some scary stuff going on up there, huh? And he goes, yeah, yeah, pretty scary. He's like, and then it's Dan Aykroyd, he turns around... To him, you know, from the driver's seat, he says when you see something really scary, <laughs> and then John, and then the camera pans back to John Lithgow's face, and he has this worried look on his face, and then the the, dry, the ambulance starts to drive away, and then that's where the movie goes into its <laughs> its ending, and it's and it's uh you know it's sequence, it's uh it's credit it's credit roll, and it's just, it's another one of those where it's like it's it's tinged with horror, but but then the comedy too. Mm-hmm. Especially at the very end, you know. Because that last sequence was probably, probably that was probably the most intense sequence of the the, the the movie. The first one was very intense. The first one was <laughs> the first one was very intense, uh, because of the subject matter where Vic Morrow's character has to he's very bigoted, he's very racist and he ends up experiencing These issues of being a black person with the, the, you know, being chased by the Klan. He experiences being a Jew, uh, going to a concentration camp, being hunted down by Nazis, and so forth. Uh, So to get him to understand that his ideals are not right, and it's that scene where he was supposed to play as a Vietnamese trying to save these children in Vietnam, and that's when they were trying to film that, and then they had the horrible accident that that ended that because that's how the sequence was supposed to end but instead they had to rearrange it he was still in the movie his scenes were still in the movie except for that so his last scene was in the sequence was him being carted off on a a train that was supposed to go to a concentration camp and that was very intense and then the, the two in the middle actually one of the the one where the sequence where uh, the, the children were the old people uh, in, in a rest home become children again for a little while that one was filmed by Spielberg and that was probably one of the more benign sequences of the movie and then you went into the sequence where that was uh, uh, about the, the, the kid that had the special powers and then the last one was the, uh, the, the the gremlin on the plane was with John Lithgow which was very intense that was a very intense and a very well done um, sequence, and then it, and then you know because then you know that's how it goes like it builds up this huge ex- suspense and then it's like it, it just ends with a nice little comic note that just mm-hmm. really you know brings you back down from that high of that high intensity that was going on in the last sequence of the movie. But I like I did like Gremlins because it was it was it was like. It was like soft horror in a way that was it was fun to watch, but there were instances of it that were kind of spooky, and kind of scary. And like I said, Gremlins was one of those one of the movies in the in the the mid '80s that that caused Hollywood to rethink the idea of uh, of creating a new rating system to make sure that young children don't go see a movie that may be too intense for them. So they created. It was, it was that movie and I think it was I can't remember there was another movie that came out about the same time that may have also been directed by Sp- well I think it was Poltergeist one of the, those two movies together actually caused Hollywood to actually create the PG-13 rating because before it was G PG and R and then then they had to create the PG-13 rating to make sure that children under the age of 13 were not just able to go into a movie and watch the movie without parental without a parent or a guardian being with them because of you know how intense some scenes might be or language
1: a lot of people I think when it comes to gremlins or stuff that's not fully scary they consider it um, gateway horror where it's, it's scary enough for the whole family to watch but it's not going to be terrifying for a certain audience gateway horror <laughs> <clears throat> Blame me, liar, wrong for that.
0: No, I just think it's an interesting uh, way of saying that, like gateway drug, gateway horror. Like it's just just enough to get you hooked. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> just a <the> taste. <laughs> it's like it's like that was good. I want more. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't have the gateway whore. I guess I kind of did because. For the longest time, when I was a kid, I could not watch a horror movie. I was just scared to death of watching horror movies. Couldn't watch them, didn't want to watch them. I watched The Gremlins in a theater, and I wasn't really scared by it. I think the only scene that scared me was close to the very end where Spike's character... You know, be, like come, jumps out of the out of the fountain after he's. Oh in, yeah, uh, you know I, mean, I
1: remember that the shit out of me when I was. You know,
0: after he's been melted by the sun, and then he jumps mm-hmm. out. It's like one of the first instances, of like a, a jump go-
1: scare. Yeah, it was like a
0: goo- it was like a <coughs> <coughs> the gooey skeleton coming out. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was probably the the. That's why Gremlins isn't really a scary movie so much as I think it's just one of those like it's like a comedy with a little touch of horror to it, mm-hmm. or a little touch of the scary. As it. long as you
1: can't help but You're supposed to have but you can't help love them.
0: But I mean, it would, but I remember after the movie came out, there were like coloring books and there were like little music books, you know, like you put a little, uh, what was it, um, one of those little records on a, a player and it would play with, and it would play, the narrator would, would take you through a picture book of the movie. So obviously the movie was like geared towards like knowing that there were going to be kids who were going to want Gizmo. You know, I remember Gizmo being a, uh, a toy cho- cho- choice that for that Christmas, even though the movie came out in like June or July. But I, I think the first actual horror movie I watched was, was Nightmare on Elm Street. No, that's not true. The first movie I was taken to to see that was horror, or could be construed as maybe action horror, was was actually Mad Max, the very first Mad Max movie, because I know I had to have been at least four, maybe five, when I was dragged off to see that movie, and I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I was just going with my mom and dad. They took me to go see this movie. I went to go see it, and it traumatized the crap out of me and I just remember it ever since and I, I don't think I've ever i even watched the movie again in my life since then wow I know it's a good movie but it's just I was really young to watch that movie and then I watched um I, then maybe it was Friday I mean Nightmare on Street was the next actual horror movie I watched but that was on VHS and then I saw Friday 13th 3 part 3 mm-hmm. in the theater and uh
1: um, and that really didn't bother me as bad was it Friday the 13th more like a moral lesson <laughs> don't have premarital sex
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hop in a sack equals instant death Are you, were you a fan of um, the Tremors franchise at all
0: oh I love Tremors not the franchise I was. I liked the first Tremors movie no, so you haven't seen all of them Mm-mm. Logan's seen all of them Bar. But when I first, but he, I was actually kind of watching a little bit with him, and then when the what was it the um, I can't remember the name of the 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 characters, the the, the creatures, graboids, oh, graboids. Grab that's it. When I started, when I saw a scene where they were walking around on legs, I was like, I'm out. I don't know. This getting too way too stupid. I mean that that's another one of those like horror yeah. slash comedy movies that was they had, they, was had really they had weird. they
1: had. Uh, they had like a they had like a metamorphosis evolution to them let's say they had the shriekers and he had the ass blasters (coughs) all I know is I watched the
0: first one that's the only one I watched everything after that I don't think was all that great
1: but you never you never saw the um the second the second stage until the um second movie I think that that was the um that was the shriekers or the gremlins 3 that's where they brought the ass blasters in I remember the first time I watched it, I want to say I was probably 10 years old when I, when I watched the first one. I was you know, born in 84, that movie came out in the 90s. I mean, it came out in 1990. And when I saw that thing come out of the ground the first time, I said, I don't want to play outside anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I saw exactly how easy it was for that <clears throat> creature to take down anything. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-mm, I'm good. <laughs> well,
2: I thought the movie was ridiculous. But it might be one of those... It, <laughs> you know those things again where it's like I hated it when I watched it you know mm-hmm. back when it came out maybe I should give it another chance
0: I think you should because it's 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 a good movie in that it, it it's it got a little bit of that horror
3: it, it, it has a that creature, horror but a creature it's feature a, horror but yeah. it has
0: that comedy to it I love Kevin Bacon's character in that oh, movie oh absolutely which he didn't want to he didn't want originally he did not want to do but I'm glad he did because I mean one of his favorite his, his favorite sayings in there it's just when he gets real pissed off and he says what the hell's going on I mean what the hell's going on and like for the longest time me and Justin would say that every time something weird would happen or something would show up on TV we did like, is so. that was the thing we would say exactly
1: like that that movie is so quotable I mean it's like mm-hmm. outrageous um, my buddy um, my buddy Ryan when, when we started really talking a whole lot he would send me a random ass quote I'm like that's some tremors so I would I would continue to do the next line he was like oh shit <laughs> so, so like the next 30 minutes we're like just quoting the whole movie back yeah, and back yeah just
0: putting quotes in quotes back and forth
1: that's, that's a lot of fun I
0: love doing that shit yeah Barry was actually the one that got me into that movie because I, I think he saw it rented it and then he wanted me to watch it and so I watched it and we both enjoyed it it was mm-hmm. just it was a
1: really fun movie to watch the second movie is just to me is just as quotable as the first one. And there's one scene if you ever decide to watch it, which I mean, I've got the whole trilogy at home, so you can watch anytime you want. But um, I won't really consider this a spoiler. It's it was just a real it was just a really good line. Mm-hmm. They're um they they're walking they're walking around trying to find trying to, try to find a telephone because they're out in the middle of the you know the desert area, and they find um. They find this jeep that's all wrecked and whatnot and they hear this whole they hear this big old ass commotion like someone's like jumping on some um <clears throat> jumping on metal and this keeps on getting closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And they're behind the truck, you know, ready to shoot and everything, and the um the shrieker comes out and the damn thing's like no just a little bit bigger than Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um the guy I can't remember the guy's name, but it's the guy who's with um, Michael Gross in the movie. And he got he goes now, how does a thirty foot worm turn into that little thing? <laughs> and I busted it out laughing. <laughs> no, Asia, you are not knocking over my liquor. I think it became
0: a trend for a while. It's just you know, it went from like really intense. It's like, like I said, it's like just in the maybe in the the sixties, it was that suspenseful horror. And then in the seventies, became like religion horror or religious horror. Like with the devils around every corner, Mm -hmm. with movies like The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby, and so forth. I hated Rosemary's Baby. And then in the eighties, it was just straight up soft core slasher, like with Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And then you had Hellraiser and movies like that, where it was just a little bit of gore, you know. um, Well, actually, was quite a bit, actually, you know. um, But it was. But it was sort of like... It was kind of kept more on the tame side. And in the 90s, it ventured into the real graphic stuff like with Hostel and and then Grindhouse with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You know, it just... It, horror had just kind of... It, it kind of... It's like each decade has its own type of horror. It's like it... You know, it's like it got more and more and more to the point where it was like... It, it got to... You know, and then you had Saw. And then in the 2000s, you had Saw-like mo- movies where it was... Mm. Uh, You know, just uh, people just getting slaughtered. Just people getting slaughtered. But the thing about Saw that was so much different was that, you know, it's just, I thought it was just going to be, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be another one of these grind movies. But then, as with each movie, they were so smart in the way they wrote it to where it was like each movie really had a connection to the next one, to the one before Mm -hmm. it, or even even, you know, to the very first movie. I think they did a really good job of making that series really connect into a universe that oh, worked. You know? And it's one of the few horror movies that does that. It's like, you look at the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, you look at the Friday the 13th franchise, and it's just a series of sequels. And they try to break down the psychology of the main character, or the main um, antagonist, like Freddy Krueger and so forth. you know. And then just with each one, it just gets successively worse and worse and worse. But Saw is one of those examples that actually does better than even regular movies like Transformers or some of the other movies that are like, a, with, you know, has its own, and try to build its own universe. Saw is one of those that even though it's a horror movie and it's a fran- horror franchise, the fact that they were able to keep it so tightly knit within its own universe <laughs> that it actually seems to work, mm. that it's done better than most uh, movies that build its own universe, has its own world building, Effect and that everything that happens really connects perfectly. There's no, there, it doesn't seemingly have any loose ends or any plot holes to it. It's like it all has that connective tissue, each movie to the next. Where, and I think that's one of the things that appeals to people. It's like you, there's a reason for why the horror happens, there's a reason behind it. It's not just graphic to be graphic.
2: So, what category would you um, put Predator in? 'Cause to me, that to me is like the horror, you know, that you have a creature that's hunting down man and you cannot see him. Mm-hmm. To me that that's horror to me.
1: I consider that action sci fi.
0: Action sci fi. Action
2: sci fi. Uh,
0: horror. You could okay. put some horror tint to it.
1: It does have horror it does have horror to
0: it does tint. have some gore and blood to it. But I mean, but predator falls in the same category as Jaws or alien mm-hmm. and the reason is because the main antagonist or the, or the creature is not seen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What is it that is killing people or eating people? You can't see it. That's what makes the monster even scarier. It's because you don't know what's going on. You cannot see who what this is that is killing people or maiming people, you know. And that's what makes that's what makes something even scarier is when you can't, you don't know who the boogeyman is. Because when you don't know who the boogeyman is, you don't know how to fight it. You don't know yeah. how to fight against it because you don't know, you don't know what it looks like. You don't know how to defend yourself against it. You don't know how to create what kind of weapons you need to use against yeah. it. You can't fight what you can't see. Exactly, you can't fight what you can't see. No, succinctly put. So that's why movies like Jaws and Predator and Aliens work so well, because you cannot see your enemy. But they can see
1: you. <laughs> dun, 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 chomp, chomp.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, some. Well, did you ever see the parody of um, Gremlins? You talking about Ghoulies? I was going to go with Critters.
0: Oh, Critters. <laughs> no, I didn't want. I never. I didn't watch Ghoulies and I didn't watch Critters for that reason, because I knew that they prank you know that was going in that direction it was trying to yeah, play on see, their whole ribbons, both, but was yeah, never going to touch it oh yeah you can tell they were knockoffs but no I never watched them because I knew that's exactly what they were
1: were knockoffs I don't like Ghoulies as much but I thought Corridor's was pretty fun just because you know, it, looked like a, it looked like a freaking um, um, like a cat <laughs> threw up freaking hairball and it was rolling all around the freaking mm-hmm. ground and then I know it Pop up Yeah <laughs> I said literally You see this freaking Little hairball Just going And then it pop up And you know, like it's Speed pop up Out of nowhere And he like, yeah. goes, <laughs> I'm sure I can find a clip. <laughs> oh
3: It's easy to find
0: <laughs> That's where it's like When like if we were able To incorporate video That would be the point That the time When you would Incorporate that Clip, <laughs> just so people can see that, <laughs> <laughs> and either be absolutely horrified or, or absolutely entertained by how silly that probably looks.
2: About those little puffball things, mm-hmm. little legs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> see, even Joan knows what you're talking about. <laughs> she doesn't watch
1: movies. I know. Yeah, that little, that little tucker. Oh yeah, yeah. As he just comes out, rolling out of I me, mean, just rolling out, like a little tumbleweed. Pops out like there with that huge ass mouth, and bah. I laughed the first time I ever saw it. I was like, "This is too
0: cute." A little bit more, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think that's probably not to go off subject, but that is one of the more frustrating things about about Hollywood is is the the copycats, the knockoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, a movie becomes, and even if it's not you know, like Gremlins comes out. And then so they have like yeah. critters and ghoulies that are supposed to be knockoffs, just so that somebody can try to make some money off of something of a property that's very similar,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And but that was that was back when back in the '80s when the knockoff would come much later. It was kind of like you had ET and then you had Mac and Me.
1: Yeah,
0: I, and then but it was but it was kind of it was like later on it was kind of like it's like it the. You know, it was on like on the tail end of the or, or of the the movie that was so popular that then the other one would come out to try to make some kind of to try to kind of like float on the, the, the tail of the comet so to speak. But then, like in the nineties, it was like immediate. It's like um, a Deep Impact came out, and then like a week later, then or within a month, you had Armageddon. You know, and you did not go see these movies to find the difference. <laughs> you went to go see, like, they, these movies, like, they're so, it's like, it's, it's they're so similar. It's like, how, what's the odd? What are the odds that one studio will come out with a movie about a, a, a comic impacting Earth, and then another one, an asteroid, that, that apparently has a mind of its own somehow?
1: I thought <laughs> I'd have seen Armageddon, but I haven't seen Deep Impact.
0: Oh, uh, you've gotta watch Deep Impact, but I mean it's, it's like one's one is like the the, the the it's like one's the smart kid and one's just the, 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 the goofball in the classroom that cheated off everybody else. Cheat off everybody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's Armageddon. I don't get me wrong, it's a good movie. It's fun to watch. It's brain candy from fucking hell. It absolutely is. I mean it's a Michael Bay straight out of his fucking asshole movie. Okay, but it but that's exactly also what it is: <laughs> <It's, laughs> explosion <laughs> and asteroids that are just coming to doom the Earth and you know and destroying it at the last minute. And somehow it splits and it misses both sides of the Earth, and <laughs> you're know, like, okay, nobody believes in any fucking science in this movie. Science does not exist. <laughs> it's just a footnote. <laughs> that's awesome oh goodness but yeah you definitely have to watch Deep Impact and then Armageddon right right you know one or the other it doesn't matter which one you we watch first and then you'll you'll you know but you, nobody can I don't think anybody who has at least a couple brain cells can see can watch uh, Armageddon and think that this is a, a a movie based on science or has any poignancy to it mm. you know obviously but and I think that was probably the first movie that Michael Bay did that people were like, "Okay, <laughs> we, we kind of see where you're going with your ideas and everything." That's why when you know it was announced that he was going to do the tran- first Transformers movie, mm-hmm. that a lot of people were like, "Oh no, <laughs> it's going to be another Armageddon." You know, and I think that was exactly what some people quoted: "It's going to be another Armageddon." But You know, not to get off subject, but Transformers to me, I thought was actually pretty good. I thought it was. I actually thought that he did a good job with that movie, that he stayed pretty close to what Transformers was supposed to be—the Generation One Transformers and so forth. He didn't stray too far off the formula, but that's just that's that's a subject for another day. But yeah, that was what you got. I think with a lot of movies, particularly in the '90s, you got a lot of those copycats. One good movie would come out and then you would get another movie not long after it, that would be you know like you got Dante's Peak you know and then you got uh, and then you got Volcano and, and again if you watch these two movies you know which one's the superior one is Dante's Peak and Volcano is just absolute dog shit of a movie I love Dante's Peak Dante's pick is awesome, but you watch volcano. I mean there's even a part in the movie where where Anne Hash's character has to explain what lava is to Tommy Lee Jones' character. And this guy, the character that Tommy Lee Jones plays, is like he's like he works for the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, he takes care of things for the city. And it's like, Really? You got this job, but you don't know what the fuck lava is? And Ann hash who I think was married to Ellen DeGeneres at the time, because that was a nice publicity stunt, um, had to explain to Tommy Lee Jones' character what lava is. I mean, you can ex- a five-year-old can explain to you what lava is because they're fascinated by volcanoes. I mean, hell, everybody builds a volcano in grade school. Do you
2: guys remember the old um, movie... Um Runaway with Gene Simmons in it. The sci-fi um, where the robot is in there killing. <laughs> Do you remember that movie?
0: Uh, that would be a big fat no. <laughs> I was
1: like, it's not working on the to right now. Gene Simmons. That. Gene
0: Simmons.
2: Okay, uh, for some <laughs> reason
0: when you said Gene Simmons, maybe it's the alcohol, but I was thinking you meant Gene Wilder.
2: No, Gene Simmons.
0: Gene Simmons from Kiss. From Kiss. Yes, and he was in a movie about a runaway robot.
2: No, the movie is called Runaway. And it's got Tom Selleck and... Um, oh,
0: shit, Tom Selleck.
2: So... I know someone was off, but he said something
1: I was like, wait, I don't remember him being in that movie. Pierce Brosnan was in that. Right, Netflix this um, robot yeah. is
2: programmed to kill. So it's like...
0: Well, what else would a robot be? <laughs> Programmed to but kill, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was um, Nobody kills. Nobody programs robots in movies to like plant flowers. Yeah, it, was, it was. Um, Pierce Brosnan
1: that was in
0: Dante's Peak. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, Pierce Brosnan was in Dante's Peak. Tommy Lee Jones was in Volcano.
1: Oh, okay. I I don't think I've seen Volcano because I was like, I was like, wait, I don't. Yeah, you, me, yeah,
0: but, that's why. Yeah, you had a stone look on your face. Like I was like, wait.
1: Who? I was like, I was like, wait. I'm seeing. Pierce Brosnan immediately where I was like where in the world was he in that movie (laughs) yeah you you had
0: the look of a chimp trying to do chess on your face when I was trying to explain Volcano but that's why you never seen it
2: he did a lot of cheesy movies
0: who Gene Simmons yeah (laughs) uh yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) Phantom of the Park Trick or Treat Oh yeah! Have you ever seen Trick or Treat? I love Trick
0: or Treat. <laughs> Trick or Treat is awesome. Talking about Sam.
2: talking about Halloween movies. Have you seen Trick or Treat?
3: I love Trick, Trick or Treat.
0: Actually, I I can't remember if I bought that and I bought, got it on DVD. Trick or Treat was an, is a f- awesome movie. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome movie, and they filmed that in North Carolina, by the way. Oh, they did. Yes, as a matter of fact, there's a scene where you know the guy, the the main character in the movie, he played as. He played as... um, Shoot, you have to look it up. But uh, he played as... uh, Michael J. Fox is Alex P. Keaton's uh, character. character. He played as uh, Alex P. Keaton's friend in um, Family Ties. So that actor was the main character in, in Trick or Treat. And there's a scene where he's going to his car, coming back from his car, and as the camera pans over, it pans the back of his car, on the back of his car is a North Carolina license plate. They filmed the movie in Wilmington.
1: Oh, okay. That was a lot of shit done in Wilmington.
0: They, Yeah, they're always filming movies in Wilmington and Asheville and, you know, North Carolina. For a while there, North Carolina was actually doing quite well with becoming a, a mecca for, for you know, production, for movie production. Because, you know, the North Carolina has the beach, they have the sand hills, they have, like, desert-like places, they have mm-hmm. mountains, they have the the Piedmont
1: you got yeah. Charlotte that was saying Tusk was filmed in Charlotte hmm Tusk was filmed in Charlotte
0: I mean it's North Carolina is one of the best places to, to film movies because you have such a variety of environments in the state
1: that's something I gotta go back and watch since I watched Tusk oh
0: I don't know if I can watch Tusk again <laughs> It, that one did affect me, believe it or not. Really?
1: Yeah. As soon as I saw Justin logging in the water suit, I was like, that's funny. I just thought it was, I, I was just like, ugh. There were, there were so many people who got disturbed at that scene where they finally panned out a new
0: season.
3: Uh-huh. <gasps> run, run. That didn't
0: bother me. What bothered me was that, you know, the scene where he was actually operating on him and you could see that he had already removed his legs. Mm-hmm. You know, so that he can turn him into the walrus. That was the only scene that disturbed me. It was like I knew where it was going. Right. When he was turned into the walrus, that didn't bother me. It was just that one scene because I I can't deal with amputations in movies. I mean, I I, I can I, I have to if I want to watch like movies like Saw. Right. And why not? But I mean, it's just you know. Oh, Ozzy Osbourne was in Trick
2: or Treat. I uh-huh. didn't know that. Yeah. I guess we're gonna have to watch that again. Like, I that's one. Of
1: Sarah, that's day. one of Sarah's favorite. Halloween movies. She
0: loves love and Street. Yeah, so I was just thinking, you know, there, are like whatever. What is a good list of movies that aren't necessarily just straight up horror
1: that you can watch for Halloween? That has have a really good storyline. They have know? a
0: good storyline that aren't just straight. Up, like you know, because anybody's going to watch. You know, like you go to AMC or or you know or uh, TNT and they'll have like the usual uh, month long lineup of like. Friday, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and the horror flicks but then there's movies out there that are actually fun to watch that are Halloween themed that are like an actual like Trick or Treat or Hocus Pocus movies like that that you can watch that actually have somewhat more of an actual story to them instead of it being just straight up horror mm-hmm. Well, then I guess
2: we'll add that to our list of movies um to rewatch?
0: oh i bet i could find it like right now five minutes on on uh, prime video More it likely. is
2: it's on it said
0: it was on amazon it's on amazon yeah. mm-hmm. everything's I, on amazon i know practically we can watch that later tonight that'll be fun to watch i love watching that movie man
2: i haven't seen them probably at least 15 years the last time i saw it in... yeah
0: actually i think i just saw it a few years ago i think Because Justin and I were talking about the same subject, and I was asking him if he'd ever seen that movie, Trick or Treat. And I I can't remember how it all transpired, but eventually we, you know, yada, 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 boom, it was on TV. (laughs) We were watching it. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to think of some good, just like a pure joy entertainment stuff when it comes to actual Halloween stuff, like Hocus Pocus. Mm Mm-hmm. That I haven't seen in a while. The
2: Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is no longer going to be aired on ABC or CBS anymore.
2: I mean, that's a shame. If
0: you want to, you can watch it on uh, Apple TV. That figures. Also we got, also I got Me Town. <laughs> I was so
2: sad for Charlie Brown. All he got was a rock.
1: That's true horror.
2: I, that was horrible. I was sad for him. I mean, I saw it probably maybe seven years ago for the first time. And I was just seven like. Seven years ago? I know. For the first time. <laughs> no, These no. are not
1: numbers that are
0: supposed to clash in a sentence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I'm catching up on stuff. Yeah, that's you know? catching up. I know. <laughs> so then I'm watching this, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, and then he's like. All he gets is a rock. I got a rock. And I felt so sorry for him. I just, it broke my heart. Why does everybody hate Charlie Brown? Why? <laughs> why?
1: Yeah, he always gets the sorrow.
0: Is it because
2: he looks like an old man?
1: <laughs> yes. Or that he looks like a
0: cancer patient? See, that's, now that's a, that right there is an internet theory that's starting to float around. That Charlie that. Brown, Charlie Brown was actually a cancer patient. Who his life is like a it's a chemo it's like a chemo dream he's like asleep he's like in a, in a chemo coma
3: what
0: and that says dark yeah, <laughs> and like his like what you see on TV or what you see in the comics Charlie Brown that's his coma dream
2: so that's why everybody talks wah 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 wah, wah yeah wah, wah, like wah, the adults wah, wah, talk wah
0: wah. wah wah because he can only understand what children because he's he himself is a child and the only reason that the adults have that wah 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 sound is because He doesn't, you know, because children don't always quite catch on to what adults are saying. So he doesn't his in his childlike mind, he doesn't quite grasp what the adults are saying or what they've said in his past. He only understands what his world as a child is. That's
1: a that's a deep that's a deep dissection.
2: Come up with some stuff, don't they?
1: I mean, I know I'm I a mean, pretty logical thing when it comes to stuff. I, even, I hadn't even taken that into consideration, but it unfortunately does make some sense. It makes some sense, but that's what makes them so fun. Why is when you, he got a rock?
2: Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, he could sell and that shit, did, man. And, and, why <laughs>
1: pull, and why did Lucy always pull the damn football back? <laughs> I, don't I know. always got pissed off of that way. Like, Let him kick the fucking ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the Family Guy version where... Uh, uh, Peter Griffin actually beats up Lucy <laughs> for, for that doing that. <clears throat> I say right now, boom, stop. Stop it. <laughs>
1: stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. And
2: in swoops Batman, I got two balls.
0: <laughs> okay, you're doing pretty good with the callbacks. <laughs> Getting better. <laughs> but I don't think he would say it like that I got two balls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my goodness have you seen the um the newest I don't I don't the Netflix um, Amazon sounders, um I think it's called uh, Huey Halloween yeah
0: we tried <laughs> for like like um, 10, min- 10, five, 10 minutes 10 15
2: minutes yeah
1: It gets better does it mm-hmm. especially that one actually has a the way the the way that movie ended, it ended on a very um like life learning lesson so to speak yeah. where, everybody who was you know picking on them reveal why they pick on them yeah like, uh, basically the whole entire town envied them oh okay
0: well when I found out that it was being directed by and written by the same guys that it did Mr. Deeds, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, I can't remember the other Adam Sandler movie off the top of my head the one where he plays as the son of Satan Um, Oh, Little Nicky. Little Nicky. When I heard that, I was like, oh, that's why it was going in the direction it was. Because those are two, one of his worst movies. He's done some weird movies in the past. But those, of his comedies, those two rank down at the bottom. As far, you know, Little Nicky was just like, I mean, it was actually better than Mr. Deeds, but they were just... It was just kind of... They're, they're, they're just a nice little soup of a mess. You know, they don't have any they're more like coherency. are kind of
1: like slapstick horror. I man, you know, comedy.
0: Yeah, slapstick comedy, you know. But I think even the Three Stooges would probably be like, no, we can't touch this.
1: <laughs> Papas chicken is fucking awesome! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, those are down that at the bottom of the list for some of his, his, uh, comedies. In my opinion. Right. But he's actually come out with, like, I love Grown Ups. I think Grown Ups is a decent movie. I even like Grown Ups too. I think that one's good too. Um, a lot of people didn't like either one of those movies, but I thought they were, I thought they were decent. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I was rich and I could make a movie and I could have fun doing it with some of my friends, I would do that too, you know? Just having fun with your friends and, like, putting a camera around it. You know, why not? But, but it still did pretty good as far as the comedy. It doesn't it wasn't too slapsticky like the other two we talked about. It kinda had some it had some you know it had touches in it that I thought worked for for script and things like that in the
1: comedy and, and how funny it was. There's only one movie that Adam Adam Sandler did that I absolutely hated. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Jack and Jill.
0: oh yeah nobody likes Jack and Joe and I haven't seen that one either so I can't I can't make a judgment call on it but I think I can probably trust most people's opinion about it
1: I watched that and I was like I just wasted so much time <laughs> that's that, that was I, that's the one I throw into the coffin and I never I never dig it back up Actually, I think the, the movie
0: I liked best by Adam Sandler was probably Happy Gilmore. A close... That's kind of on the same scale would probably be um, uh, Big Daddy and The Wedding Singer. But I think The Wedding Singer was probably his best movie. Especially from, you know, if you want to put it in the category of the 90s, that was definitely his best movie. you want to put it in the category of all of his movies, as far as comedy is concerned... It's probably up there. I don't know what would be the top movie for his comedies or movies overall. Obviously, um, <clears throat> Uncut Gems would probably be, most people would consider that to be, you know, his his opus, his magnus, magnum opus, mm-hmm. because it's even though it's not necessarily comedy, you know, his range went way out the window with that one, mm-hmm. as far as the, the dr- dramatic effort and everything. Did you ever see The Cobbler? <clears throat> the Cobbler? No.
1: That was, um, that was one of his more serious movies
0: I've, well no I didn't see the movie of course I've seen I guess stuff on Netflix about it but no I never actually saw the movie so I went
1: in there thinking that was a comedy it's actually pretty it's actually a pretty serious movie
0: well I mean back in the early 2000s he did um, um, <clears throat> he did Punch Drug Love which is a serious movie and that, was just, that was the first serious movie that he did that uh, won some awards I think and, and kind of put people on notice that you know Adam had some range he couldn't he didn't have to do just comedies but it didn't do as well because that was his first movie that he did that was not in the genre of comedy and it kind of threw people off a little bit but people who serious, took it seriously and actually wanted to watch it really said that it was a good movie and they enjoyed it. <clears throat> and to this day I think that's still when he does his more dramatic movies that that one's the one that still is used as a template to compare to for him but we're getting off of horror <laughs> that's what we're here for tonight
1: <laughs> well I can always bring up Sarah's favorite of all time Chucky
0: Chucky Child's Play mm-hmm. I liked the first one it was okay I didn't really get into it too much
1: she likes, as far as those movies concerned, she likes the the first Child's Play is her favorite, and then second one is Bride of Chucky. Where they brought in Jennifer Tilly. Was that the second one or the third one? Uh, that was the Bride of Bride of Chucky is fourth, but I mean, it's not really it's not part of the it doesn't go with Child's Play, but it's like it's where they it's where they off branch so to speak. Came out after Child's Play 3. Then you had C to Chucky. Then you had Code Chucky. And now you just have the one I think it's. Yeah, I'm about to figure it out here. I think, yet. There's one, I think there's one that's just called Chucky also.
0: You got Child's Play, Child's Play 2, which came out in 1990. Child's Play 3, which is 91. Jeez, they didn't waste time. Child's, the bride of Chucky was Child's Play 4, which was. The well, Bride of Chucky which was 1990, 1998 Seed of Chucky 2004 Curse of Chucky 2013 Chucky Goes to Paris no I'm kidding I'm about uh, to say wait, wait. <laughs> Cult of Chucky 2017 and then Child's Play I guess the remake in 2019 which and it's one where Mark Hamill
1: was the voice of Brad yeah Garth. and it didn't do very well no it did not <laughs> it wasn't Mark Hamill voicing it wasn't the problem he, he did a he did a decent job playing the voice but the doll itself all that shit well see that's I, that's I would, I would have to watch to,
0: to go back and watch the original uh, Child's Play and then watch the remake of Child's Play and see for myself because I actually when they re, when they were trying to redo Nightmare on Elm Street with the uh, when I can't remember when it was but um but when they did the remake of uh, uh, *Empire*, Sh- I mean um, *Nightmare on Elm Street*, it was—I've uh, liked it. I thought it was good. I, you know, because um, let's see, *Nightmare on Elm Street*. Even Robert
1: England um, it wasn't liked it, and a lot of people thought he hated it. And of course, there's fake memes going around with him holding a holding a white, you know, sign saying the *Nightmare on Elm Street* remake sucks, and it's actually a. It's a fake one. This is when he did a Reddit Ask Me Anything. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> but I like the remake that they did, and I think it was um. Let's see. I'm just gonna type in remake here and see what comes up. Oh, phew. Nightmare on Elm Street remake 2020. Okay, that's new. That's not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> um, okay, 2010s when it came out. Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley played as uh, Freddy Krueger. He also played as uh, Rorsch- Rorschach in um, uh, 2009's um, The Watchmen. oh hush Asia and I heard the main complaint that people didn't like about that movie was the fact that he uh that they didn't like the fact that there was such there was more of a a tinge about the pedophilia aspect Mm -hmm. to the character and I was like but that's the thing that's that's who Freddy Krueger is that's why they that's why they burned his ass it was because of that and that was their only complaint but I mean the makeup made him look like he was actually burned it didn't like some weird you know like cartoonish version of someone who
1: was burned it actually he actually looked like he was a burn victim yeah but so they you pretty much almost call him a pepperoni face in the original
0: (laughs) yeah but I mean but the actor who played himself Freddy Krueger in the remake I thought he did a great job he was more sinister look sounding and everything than than Robert Mm England. but it might be also that that you know, I think it's a lot of that loyalty thing thing too. Yeah. A lot of the fans from the original just didn't like they're the all, fact yeah, they're that... They're all
1: gonna say Robert England or shut the fuck up. Yeah. You That's always gonna happen regardless of the franchise. It's like you
0: could make a you could do a remake of somebody could actually like wake up one day, have a fever dream and make do a remake of Star Wars of the entire franchise. You know, and you'd literally probably have Star Wars fans with guns at the door of the guy who made that decision. Mm-hmm. most definitely it could be it could be the, the best franchise ever made and people will still fucking hate it because yeah, it's, it's a remake of, of a beloved classic but I mean Hollywood does that all the time I think it's I think it's just a matter of time before they do Somebody decided of you know give it another 20 years when you know people have kind of forgotten a little bit they're like we're gonna remake Star Wars there, Disney's probably gonna bury it for a while you know to be like okay we we're done we're just we're just done with this we bought the franchise and we're gonna let it die a nice slow death and then we're gonna bring it back and say we're gonna re reboot the whole franchise with brand new actors for all the characters and, we're and gonna then do the and this time we're gonna know. do it from 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 one through nine but no three in the middle first three then the last three we're gonna do it one through one through nine with brand new character brand new actors younger actors go through the whole thing.
1: I won't be surprised if it gets done. I, I mean, really There's won't.
2: always remakes of movies, you know, and, um, you know, some, the only thing that I think is ridiculous on remaking a movie is when it's only like 10 years old. And it's like, why are you remaking it already?
1: Yeah, I can see that.
2: You know, it's like, I understand if the movie's 40 years old, you know, you gotta kind of update it a little bit and you've got new technology and you want to You know, get the new generation interested in the story. Um, But I think Hollywood is kind of like running out of ideas. It's like
1: they've been running out of ideas. It's
2: like so there's like 10 million remakes of all these old movies. It's like why do why don't you have an original idea anymore?
1: I've been complaining about that for years.
0: Well, it's like a remake of a movie is some. It's tricky. It's kind of like the. Uh, it's kind of like the cover of a song. You know, you might have, you hear the you hear a song and you think this is so great. It's a great song, and then somebody bursts your bubble and tells you, "Oh, well, that's actually a cover of." And here's the original, and then they play you the original. And your whole world shattered. I was <laughs> like, I told you, was
2: Slade was here. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was like, listen, Slade originally did. Come on,
0: Finn. come on, feel the noise. Nice. You know, and I'm You're loving, like... I'm loving the, the the one I grew up on in the '80s, and then and then it turns out that it's actually a cover of another band that did it, and they didn't do it the same way. They did it their way, you know, the original way, and you just it just doesn't have the same flavor. But Slade still rules, though. But, the, but unfortunately, <laughs> the rules for cover songs doesn't apply to movies because somebody can make do a cover of a song, especially ones that are done years ago, and you're like, this is actually good. I actually like the, the, the cover better than the original.
2: Not always. Not, not always, yeah, but yeah. sometimes. Sometimes it happens. But it, it's
0: it's a lot more it's uh, more of a hit than a miss when it comes to cover songs. Yes. That but with movies, it's more of a miss than it is a hit when it comes to remakes because they're just uh, you know I think visually movie movies just they stick in your brain better than like a song would because it's more auditory. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you see a movie when you you know you see say Gremlins. And then somebody decides, well, let's do a remake. And you're just like, hold, 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 the wagon's here. You can't do a remake of this movie. It's a beloved classic. Everybody loves Gremlins. There's no reason to do a remake. You know, it's just... And that's the biggest thing about doing a remake is people just don't want to see something that they they consider to be a classic to be remade. And it... it It depends. It's like if you took a a crappy movie and you decided to remake it because you want to do it better with a better script, better actors, better production quality, better special effects, like you were just saying, that makes a difference. And there have been movies that have been remade that actually are better than the original concept. But it's becoming rare because you'll see movies like Total Recall. Total Recall was remade. And the original movie was, you know... On, when you see it you're just like the, the, the production looks like crap the, the special effects aren't that great because it was done in 1990
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know and then they they do a remake with better better special effects which sometimes now becomes more of a, a becomes more of a I guess a fault of a movie than it is an, a, an actual addition to it because too much special effects is like well these are just a bunch of people jumping around with sticks in front of a green fucking screen you know, instead you of it actually being you like practical effects, too,
1: you, can't, you can't easily have way too many special effects. It just takes away from the story in general.
0: And what one Fire. of and no, it's okay. And one of the one of the, the 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 main ideas of Total Recall was that it was you went from Earth to Mars, and they removed that completely out of the remake. They took that and it was just like you could go, you could take this portal to go from one side of the Earth through the core to the other, and people were like the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) This is Total Recall. You're supposed to go to fucking Mars, not from Earth to... I mean, from the United States to China. Who gives a fuck about that? You know? Who cares about going through the core of the planet? You're supposed to go from one planet to the other. And then the whole idea was that Total Recall is like, you're just not quite sure if Quaid, which is the main character, is, is he really experiencing what he's experiencing or is it all part of the whole total recall experience where it's just in his mind. You know, you don't know and you never really know. Even at the end of the original movie, you're not quite sure if this guy is actually having a fever dream or if he's really experiencing what we're seeing.
2: Well, that's kind of like um, Planet of the Apes is the original...
0: Careful where you (laughs) tread.
2: The original is Supposed to be um, more stripped down, and it's better stripped down than it is with all those special effects, in my opinion.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, be- just the whole concept of that movie needs to be stripped down, and you realize more what's going on. It, you pay more attention to the movie versus the whole CGI apes running around.
3: Mm
0: well the original the original Planet of the Apes was a satire on the idea of a nuclear proliferation in the world uh, and that's and basically where like okay where what is the end all be all of humanity for its self imposed destruction is that okay eventually mankind will become subservient to the next sentient being on earth that could potentially take its place and that's apes yeah you know so it you know and then you had you had Tim Burton's version that came out in I think it was uh 2001 which was Planet of the Apes which went in some weird weird direction that you're just it's it's kind of like it was it's like he he stayed with the concept of human beings being in eight costumes you know to uh, to portray the characters and it just didn't really work you know especially when well and you had Mark Wahlberg in it too head scratch um, <laughs> you're like <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, but it was just the idea that you know he finally leaves the planet he goes back and then sort of like an homage to the original series where uh Go, the apes go leave back. Earth and then they go back. They come back to Earth and then it's like actually like back in time or something. Mm-hmm. And 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 it kind of starts the whole thing all over again. And then it's like it's an homage where he leaves and then he thinks he's going back to his Earth, but it turns out he's actually going back. He's coming back to, uh, he's coming back to his Earth, but in, in the future where now apes have completely taken over and like Abraham Lincoln's statue is a picture of of an ape yeah. you know it's it's, and you know people just didn't get that and it it, it does have a weird thing to it but you kind of get it you're like yeah I get it it's kind of you know it kind of falls in line with the original series but it only gets to one movie because nobody really liked it enough for them to do a sequel and to continue with a new series and then and then you get uh, then you get the new franchise and it has three movies and it's actually pretty good I like the CGI apes because it makes the apes look more like actual apes instead of humans in costume. It's motion capture that they use. Mm -hmm. For the apes, I do like it. It would be nice if they could have used, you know, they probably could have done something better for the apes.
2: Yeah, but they were still like, the apes were still supposed to um, evolve and be a little bit more human. Like, It was in the original, whereas the CGI, they still Mm -hmm. kept them more um, primitive. And I'm like, why are they still primitive if they're advanced?
0: I think because the difference is that in the original series, the apes were more advanced. They had been probably a thousand or more years since the beginning of the apes taking over. So they were more humanoid, Mm sentient-like, whereas the apes in the series, the that just recently came out. It was still in the early stages of them because um, uh, uh, they had just—they hadn't even taken over, really taken over the world. They had just become sentient, and I think that their story is supposed to be like almost like a prequel to what you see from the original series. Oh, okay. In a way that it's—they aren't quite. They have not quite evolved to where they are riding horses and they are. I mean, they are in a movie, but I mean, not to the not to the extent of where they're actually wearing clothing and they've actually created a uh, almost like a human-like society, you know, with laws and, and rules and, and have enslaved humanity. They haven't completely taken over the planet yet. So, but but they're getting there, and I think that's what the, where those movies work is they work more of a prequel, really, to the original series. And they just haven't gotten to that point yet. So I think that's that's where that's going okay so I almost
2: saw the um, Mark Wahlberg one
0: yeah which I you gotta watch then you gotta watch this series because it's much much better obviously it it makes a lot more sense and they did a really good job with it I think that's why they did it because the one with that Tim Burton did with Mark Wahlberg just didn't it just, just didn't it didn't you know settle with people people were just like it's 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 almost like they were just doing a cartoony version of the original series yeah. instead of actually making a better version of the original series like you know and i think that's where people really kind of got lost with it mm-hmm. it just didn't it didn't jive with them in the way that it should have or was, or was meant
2: to yeah <clears throat>
0: And I guess now we're just pausing for a pee break oh, that's where anything comes into play oh yeah
1: I think I went in the bedroom
0: got in the
2: bedroom if she did I didn't see her uh,
0: she'll be alright show me out when she needs to get out uh-huh. oh yeah she'll
1: definitely let us know when she wants out. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want her chewing
0: up the plants in there
2: oh
1: mm-hmm. maybe open up the door Oh. Speaking of
0: horror, just noticing here that uh, when I bring up Friday the third I mean uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, brings up also The Conjuring. How do you, oh. Have you
1: guys seen the Conjuring movies? Mm-hmm. I know there's only
0: two, of them, but they got a third one about to come out.
1: Yeah, I've seen we, um Honestly, I actually went and saw them in theaters. I enjoyed them though for what they were. I
0: saw the first one in the theater. I didn't see the second one in the theater. I saw the second one streaming.
1: That those movies are full of jump scares.
0: Yeah, but I actually read the, well, the first movie was based on a, a book series. It was actually two books, a one, part one, part two, that I actually read. And the book it is spooky as shit. And it was based on a true story as far as like, it's based on real re- recounts of events that happened in this house in, up in New Hampshire. I think it was New Hampshire or Vermont. I think it was New Hampshire that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bathsheba Sherman is the the main
3: you know, ghost, slash,
0: ghost slash witch that uh, that was the, the antagonist for, for a lot of things that happened uh, on the farm that all is space. And of course the conjury takes great liberties with the, the family, the, the prones, the family, the events, the type of house. And if you watch the movie, it was actually filmed down in Wilmington, of course, the house, the right. the, the swamp. But where they lived they lived in this patch of woods out in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire and it was actually there was no swamp, there was nothing like that. It was like I think it was a river on the property but that was that was it. But so the the movie itself takes liberties with a lot of a lot of things. Um And yeah, there were a lot of jump scares on it, but that was, unfortunately, that's just become a a symptom of horror movies these days. It's just a series of jump scares. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about before, where it's just the quality of writing in in a lot of movies, it's just, it's not as good as it used to be, it seems. Maybe it could be just that I come from, uh, you know, I'm like the older generation now, where You know, it seems like movies back then when I was younger seemed to be better than they do now. That whole thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, like Grandpa Simpson, you know, everything was better when you were, you know, like a million years ago. (laughs) But it just seems like now it's like, you know, something's just gotten lazy with writing and technique. And, you know, it's like, it's just a a cash grab. A lot of things are like, especially when it comes to certain movies, certain genres, particularly horror. It's like the main audience is Teenagers or young adults who have a little bit of disposable cash go buy a ticket for, you know, a little scaring on a Friday night or a Saturday night or on a weekend or something like that and take a girlfriend so that she can, you know I think there's too many. grab you in the midst of <laughs> fear, you know.
1: I think there's too many horror movies out there that have a there's too many with a cult falling. That's another like um like the movie, um, the horror movie called Rubber, for example. Rubber. Yeah, literally about a rubber tire. Okay. And the whole deal is, whenever it's on, like whenever it's in front of something, like it starts vib, it starts vibrating really hard, and then like when it gets to where you can't hardly see it, because it's vibrating so hard, the person is looking at it, their head explodes.
0: Sounds like a an, uh, sounds like an analogy for ejaculation.
1: <laughs> it Probably is.
0: You know, rubber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard vibration. And there's actually a part <laughs> <And> explosion.
1: <laughs> the, the, the fun part is there's like there was like this group of there there's like this old bunch of group of people, it was like thirty or forty them out, out of this valley and they're they're laying down on the ground with binoculars just watching it watching it do its thing. i was like, why though? Watching the tire explode? You no, know, watching the tire roll throughout the town and whatnot, get in front of someone start vibrating and I'm like, what is he going to do next? And I'm like, the same thing he did to the other first five people that it killed. Yeah, but it's actually got a, it's got a big cult following where people thought it was one of the greatest dumb movies ever made.
2: <laughs> I kind of like Sling Blade. First time I saw S- <laughs> Sling Blade, I thought it was hilarious. I didn't yeah. think of it as a horror, you know. Movie. I would <laughs> just laugh at I it. I Sling
0: Blade's not really what you would or, call horror. Well I, just,
2: well I mean, it was supposed to it just. Be, it
0: just has an interesting twist at the at the end of it. It was
2: supposed to be like serious, deep.
0: I cannot. It definitely I'm tells you. Attention lets you know why the movie's called Sling Blade. <laughs> Well, it actually should have been called Lawnmower Man yeah. <laughs> instead of their actual Lawnmower Man, which is a Stephen King novel. Oh, movie. about
2: that movie. Oh, I tried to watch Slain I can.
1: I tried twice. I could I cannot get through it all. Uh. No. it's mainly it's mainly the it's mainly the 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 line that he has throughout the whole movie. Some call it a Slain Blade. I call it a Kaiser Blade. And he flips. He flips it. Constantly out through movies that just got on my nerves. Yeah. Some call it a Kaiser blade. I call it a sling blade. I'm like, make up your mind, dude. This is getting annoying.
0: Well, you know, he's he's kind of like, uh, man. I know he's he's prison
1: he's, rate four Gump. <laughs> I've tried. i to watch the movie a couple of times, and I always end up like getting yeah. about on the thirty, 30, the 30, the 30 <laughs> to thirty to thirty five minutes in. I'm like, no, you can't do it.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Because you have to think of it as a comedy. That's not even funny to me enough to think of it as a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it just—it's just one I of those movies that pres-
0: it created one of the most one of the most iconic, you know, quotable lines in cinema: "French potatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Bring it out on me some fried potatoes. Uh-huh. That's all anybody says
0: whenever you know it's, it's and they probably and it's probably not even how it's actually pronounced. You have to go back and actually see it. It's kind of like when and actually you know you know how people were always saying how in Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back that Darth Vader doesn't say Luke I am your father yeah. mm-hmm. he says no I am your father if you go actually I was watching this thing a while back and I think they were talking about the most quotable quotes but if you actually listen oh, no, I, it no, might no. have even been an original an original uh, that's also where the Mandela thing comes into play I think it was the original uh, actual movie not a different version of it but the original movie he does actually say Luke no I am your father He actually says the word, the name Luke. Luke, no, I am your father. And I heard that and I was just like, I I actually watched it five times. I actually rewound it and watched it five times. I was like, I got to know if this is the real deal. Did he really say Luke? Did I really hear him say Luke? You know, and he says, Luke, no, I am your father. So when people are saying Luke, I am your father, they're almost quoting it perfect. Yeah, he's missing the no. He's missing the no. And I was like, that's interesting because people have been told that they were misquoting it for years now. And it turns out, really, they
1: weren't. I kind of well, this is a this is, this is probably going to be considered a hell of a stretch. I kind of blame um, Austin Powers on that. Where you know that Austin, I am your father. Mm. So they automatically like think, okay, maybe that's how we said it in Star Wars: Luke, I am your father. Well, there's a scene from Tommy Boy also
0: where, um. Where Chris Farley is he's you know, like he's talking into the fan and he's saying, Luke, Luke, I am your
1: father, you know. I completely forgot all that. At least you got her to stop me yelling. <laughs> she just wanted some attention. Yep. That's all she wanted. A little attention.
0: Little Miss gotta have it all.
1: <laughs> we all ever fans of um Nightmare Before Christmas.
2: I haven't seen that again since whenever whenever it came out.
0: Wow. I was not a fan of the fact that it was a, turns out it was more of a musical. I didn't like that aspect of it. I did like Nightmare on Elm Street because I loved the macabre, especially Tim Burton stuff. Well, uh, even though he wasn't a director, he was just a producer. But And and the characters were based on his drawings and his artwork. The Nightmare... The Nightmare... Did you Before say Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare
1: Before Christmas. Before Christmas. Yeah. Skeletons. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. And I said, I don't know exactly how true it is. And if it is true, I have not looked into it. They're talking about, um, talking about Corpse Bride and... um. See, well, maybe it's Paranorman. I think. Talking about their yeah Paranorman. Par- yep Talk about their um all the, all three of those movies tying into each other.
0: Yeah. So it's, like, so, so it's sort of like a shared universe.
1: Yeah. Talking about that. Talk about that. So Jack Skellington really is.
0: Is Paranorman? Mm-hmm. I've
1: heard that. But Then when I watched them, when I watched them all in order, I was like, you know what? This actually kind of lines up. I don't know if I don't know if that's the direction they originally went with, but it makes sense. I
0: don't think so, but that's another one of those like situations where it's, like on the internet, it like takes on a life of its own. Whereas you know, people just kind of like like I guess I, I like it. I like when people kind of postulate. You know, they kind of ponder on these things and they like try to find connections. With other movies, like you know, this movie is actually connected to this one. Even though that was, you know, for sure that there's no way that the that the people who made these movies, that wrote these movies, or even or directed them or the actors that were involved, there's no way at the time that that was the intention at all. But it just sent, it, it, it are, they're puzzle pieces on opposite ends of something that happened to possibly fit, even though there's a few missing in the in the. In the middle, there's there's that slight bit of connective tissue that you could say, yeah, that might work. And I do like that because it just it just makes you know some people take it really seriously, yeah. And then others it's just it's just good fun to ponder on or to think about. Yeah, the the director for that movie was Henry Slick. but a lot of people mistakenly think that uh, Tim Burton directed it and it's because it's called Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas yeah and usually that whenever they put the, the type the, when they put the name of the direct, they usually put the name of the director in front of a movie sometimes it's the director not the producer or no I wanted to see that movie back in 1993 I left for basic training and didn't get a chance to watch it when it was in the theaters and then it was out by the time I got out of basic training so I had to wait until it was released onto VHS uh, about probably six to eight months later before I could get a chance to watch it. And it just it wasn't as scary or spooky as I was expecting it to be. It was just
1: more on the kid side of things.
0: No, and it was when more musical. When you're, working, when you're
1: working with Clay. <laughs> you kind of would have to assume that I think. I guess, but
0: I mean with you know with the other movies that Tim Burton had done, I just I just expected it to be more on the actual adult spooky side. It didn't have to have any crazy stuff in it; just mm-hmm. m- more entertaining. Entertaining, even as a claim, I think I, that's what I maybe that's what I was thinking was that was what was unique about it. It was claymation
3: mm-hmm.
0: or stop motion, but it was more for adults. It
1: had would have more adult themes to it, but it just didn't really go that direction for me. I think probably the one that was a little bit more mess with your mind so to speak would probably Coraline I don't know if said yeah. that or not that kind of I thought the way they um, did that would have her having a second family so to speak when she goes through that door I thought that was a unique imagination yeah
0: I've never actually had a chance to watch that movie all the way through
1: and how can we forget Casper Casper from 1995. Casper. Yeah, it's a Halloween movie. I mean, it's not. It's no. It's nowhere near. That is our, a good
0: Halloween. Yeah, that's another one that's good. I gotta have. I gotta let Joe watch that I one too. That. You've seen it? You've shown it to me. Oh, okay. It's still good, cool times. to watch for yeah. Halloween though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is another. Yeah, good suggestion. That's another good one that would be good to watch for Halloween. It's not necessarily. It's, it's, it's funny, and but it has very little horror to it. But it's about a ghost. So yeah. that's another good one to watch for Halloween too. And of course, one of the all-time favorites. Da,
1: da, da, da. Oh, the Adams family! I love <laughs> the Adams family. <laughs> we went back and watched that last week. Watched watched the first and second one back to back. That which reminds
0: me, let's see. Have you seen this?
1: And we watched the um, the new one that they did, the um, animated one. That was actually surprisingly really good. I thought it was going to suck, but I really enjoyed it. The only thing that kind of sucked is that they made um they made Uncle Fester. Uh, Freaking annoying nitwit. I mean, he was nothing. How um. How um. Not. Uh, have you seen that? Oh, that's, oh, yeah. That's been going around for years. Oh, has it? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants. Everybody wants them to redo it and have Christina Ricci um be Morticia. Um, when I I just recently saw I'm all, this. I'm all for it. I would love for that to happen.
0: Christina Ritchie, even though she played as Wednesday in the original movie, for her to play as Morticia is perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: What are you I guys would... talking about?
0: Christina Ritchie who played as Wednesday Adams in the original two movies from the early nineties, mm-hmm. her her coming yeah, back yeah. to play as Morticia Adams. Because apparently like,
1: she went as she went as Morticia to a Halloween party and you know, like super.
0: Bowl. Yeah, but that would be perfect for her to play as Morticia Adams in a in a remake. Yeah, would, or even a
1: continuation.
0: You could even do a continuation.
1: I would be. I'm I'm hardcore all for it.
0: Me too. I mean, I couldn't imagine a a more perfect actress to play as Morticia Adams.
2: Uh, The front is really split. Huh? I said the front is really split.
0: Yeah. But?
2: (laughs) I
1: was just saying, the front is really split. Yeah, I recall Morticia being that Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think she would be in in an outfit like that, but... More of a sex appeal
0: costume than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, because
2: there's the two. Yeah, the, the, two. the,
0: the yeah the difference.
2: The side by side.
0: But yeah, I mean, just um, but Christina Ricci playing as Morticia Adams, I think, would just be a spot on. Makes me wonder who would
1: play um play everybody
0: else. I'm really curious on that. I thought about that the other day. I was like, who would be good for playing like uh, Gomez Adams? Think Gomez is a you know up and coming actress or actor probably
1: about the same age as Christina now. I can't really think of anybody right hand. This to me a lot of the new actors I'm just not familiar with. Me neither. I'll see a movie. I'll see um, You know, a movie that came out like three or four years ago. I'm like, I thought they did a really good job with their character, and I go look at IMDb. And oh, I know. I see like play. ten I- movies that they've been in that I've never heard of. I know who could play as uh, Gomez
0: Adams. What's his name? Damn, the guy that played as uh, It
1: from the the uh, the new It movies. Oh, oh, um, yeah, I, I can't think of his name right Alexander now. Alexander
0: Skarsgård or something like that. Bill Skarsgård, yeah, that guy right there. I think he could play as uh, he could play play as Gomez Adams. I think he could play as Gomez Adams. I think because the way he did it, he could. He's got great range, especially with with a tinge of the psychotic horror. I think he could play a a part um, of a comedic guy
2: that I said would be good to do as the new.
0: I think he make a good Joker too, even though they're bringing back Jared. That's, Leto. Yeah, that's
2: the one I told you would be the. Joke. I think he would
0: make a good Joker, even though they're bringing him. They're bringing back Jared Leto to play as Joker in the.
1: Um, and I'm actually happy about that. Add, added scenes because I want to be able to make a fair assessment of his performance.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think if he was under Zack Snyder's uh, director, I think Jared Leto would be a good Joker. I think. Yeah,
2: that's the remember. I yeah, you, yeah, that. you had
0: you were spot on with that too. I think. Yeah, Bill
1: Skarsgård would make a good Joker too. Yeah, he definitely—he definitely already has the facial structure that most people would look for. Mm-hmm.
2: He would also be good. Um, um, this might be. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, playing is not uh, that. It is, yes. <laughs> Man, he could make a whole career just doing stuff like that. Yes. He'd probably, after the, the third role, he'd probably be so sick of that genre, but it, he would do it well. Yeah, he, but the, uh, so, in the area of the Macabre, yeah, he fits perfectly. He does. But yeah, I think
1: that's, he would make a, every one of those roles could be his, <laughs> for sure. Man, he does have some hella range and I really, that's one thing I really appreciate with actors. If yeah. you got range, you can make it.
0: Yeah, or at least just be able to embody certain character. I mean, it's like, It is not a character that's easily to embody. You have to be really convincing as being spooky and scary and just and just being like, like the way he played it, it, especially in the first movie, mm-hmm. was just, I mean, it was just great because you're like, I really, I'm really scared of this dude, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I know it's a movie, but I'm really kind of, I'm a little on the of being scared of this dude,
1: you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, was like, I, went, I went so, um, I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I went to go see in. I went to go see in theaters with our our our, um, our buddy Weave, and um, we were front row. Uh-huh. And all those jump scares, my, me and him were both what the fuck. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I mean, we jumped back so many times. I and we both we looked at each other, said it all at the same time. Front row seat was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were like, this is back in the theater not front how did you like the
0: first the second one compared to the first the second uh, part two consider, can, compared to
1: part one that's part to me they're almost equal but I, I guess I I guess I appreciated the way they did the CGI a little bit more than the second one
0: right I I was hoping they'd do a better ending to yeah uh, a lot of people to this that. to to uh to It versus I mean it was one of the things that people were looking for in in part one and part two of It was how much better they were going to do it as compared to the miniseries that was on TV in the early 90's with Tim with uh, uh, Timothy yeah Tim Curry because nobody wanted of course nobody wanted to see a, a spider you know but at the same time, it was like just the way that that they ended the second uh, part two of it in the in the in the movie that the recent remake, mm. it still seemed a bit flat or off. It was like you know that's how they defeat this creature that's thousands of years old. it's just like we don't we're not afraid of you anymore. It just seemed like there had to be something more there. But and to be honest, I haven't read Stephen King's book. You know, to know exactly how it ends in the movie in the book but I think it's very close to the same thing it's just that it, they don't give him the energy he needs to survive by not you know by taking away that fear that he that feeds off of but it basically ended up um, being an alien
2: right well,
0: it's, yeah it was an alien but that's what that's what's so weird it's, he's not like some supernatural creature like, just a clown <laughs> he's not just some supernatural creature like a demon that you know if you take the emotion of fear away from what drives whatever a demon whatever drives a demon to try to you know like keep control or, or conquer over your, conquer over your soul that i understand it's more metaphysical or it's more spiritual or emotional but it is an actual alien so it seems like it's not just emotion that would defeat a physical being like it, like it it would be something more physical that would defeat him as well right so it just it just didn't quite pay off the way the way I think it should have a little that would have been more of a payoff to how you destroy this creature that's eons years old mm-hmm. versus just saying you know oh well, we're just not concerned with you anymore <laughs> it's <laughs> like we're gonna ignore
1: you you bully <laughs> I say it had a little bit of a Freddy vs. Jason feel with the end because like he goes I can't come back if they're not afraid of me yeah <laughs> exactly so it's like you know you know Who like that is alright he's like that is hard enough now being forgotten now that's a
3: bitch <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: but I love the first movie I thought the second one was good but not quite as good as the first one I wasn't completely disappointed it was just the very ending that I was like I wanted to see something a little more epic that would end it, <clears throat> the creature, mm-hmm. and I didn't really get that payoff
1: the way I wanted it to. And I think that base, I think that basement scene was probably, well, was probably one of my favorite um, scenes out of the whole movie, where he like he comes storming across the basement out of nowhere. Uh-huh. I thought that was pretty damn good, and the one where he was a giant in the in the um, park. I thought that was that that one made me jump like crazy for some odd reason. I'm, like he's there and then he's gone and then he's freaking King Kong.
0: <gasps> yeah, I think one of my favorite from the first one was when they're watching the film and oh, yeah, it comes, comes out, of he comes out of the film. But before that, it's like the hair is coming back, you know. It's like the, the distorted face of mm-hmm. the mother and it looks like him, and then he comes out of the film. You know that's that was good. I thought that was a
1: good. Yeah, they go to the next clip and, Pah! yeah, and everybody fucking jumps back and falls down.
0: But I think, but I think it is a film that's built for jump scares because that oh, was goodness. what, because fear salts the meat. <laughs> so that's what he was doing. He was trying to keep them in fear, keep them scared until he's ready to actually try to take them down.
1: <clears throat> that's definitely one of the one of the one of the remakes that actually Works. did justice
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that doesn't happen often at all because I, me- I remember when I first heard about it I was like why in the world are they going to do this to Tim Curry and then I watched it I was like never mind this is this kicks ass yeah well let's see let me see what let's see original It
2: well the original It has John Boy in it
1: I'm right here what you talking about <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's my motherfucking movie check <laughs>
0: 1990 I think what happened with the original It the original It the miniseries was I think when Tim Curry Tim Curry did it excellent he did excellent with It and, and you can see where he took, I think he took some elements of Frankenfurter and put it into it with his performance. Mm-hmm. But I think what also what in a way kind of hurt him but at the time it helped him, but now it kind of hurt him later, is that I think he put a little bit of the Joker from Batman in in his performance because he's the, he's this manic clown. so he kind of took a little bit of Jack Nicholson's
3: mm-hmm.
0: mannerisms with as the joker from 1989's Batman. And put it into his performance as a manic clown as it, because you know he's he's funny, but he's he's menacing, but he's funny, making like menacing, funny, menacingly funny jokes towards the kids, you know. And but then you get fast forward to the remake, and he's not it. The clown is the only thing that makes him a clown is the fact he's dressed like a clown, but he's being actually very menacing towards the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not being funny towards them making making sly jokes. Unless his his jokes are like very menacing and they're it's making light of their their you know, whatever their failings are in order to, to work on their psychology.
2: But I think also like when you do a made for T V um, movie it's not gonna be you can't do but so much with it. Whereas when you have a movie
0: You have you have more liberties with a regular movie because you know you can put you have a lot more freedom with the language with the level of horror violence comedy action whereas you're right with especially back in the night in the you know back before streaming on TV where anybody anybody and everybody could now make a video or a movie to put on Netflix Hulu YouTube whatever back before then when it was you know, made for TV movies were going to be pretty much on the four major networks ABC, CBS, NBC or Fox when Fox became a thing is yeah you have standards and practices that were keeping you pinned down to just doing just certain things that wouldn't allow you to, to, to have a higher level of range and where you could take a character or take the writing in order to make it more uh, just more dramatic more horror field or more
1: menacing or, or funnier. That reminds me, I haven't even seen the um, the remake they did for Rocky Horror. What? You didn't know about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... Uh, um, Rocky Horror?
2: They,
0: they Ru- did a th-
1: remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show? Mm, uh, this girl named La- 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 Laverne Cox plays uh, Dr. Frankenberger. That's new. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: it's called, um...
2: So, how the Garth Garth has everybody seen the, re- the, 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 um, Shining, um, the... What's, what was after the Shining?
1: Oh, um, Dr. Sleep. Oh, Dr. Sleep. Is have you that seen good? that? Not yet. I have it downloaded. I have not watched it yet. Is it good? It <laughs> is
2: awesome. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we have to watch that, then.
1: Yeah, so it's called the Rocky Hart Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again.
2: Is it a reboot
1: or is it a? Or a stage play? No, I mean, it's like the um, like the first one. Where they just re- they just it's, it's
2: a remake. It's,
1: it's that um, it's her playing Doctor Inverter. Oh, it's uh,
0: okay. You know what? I do remember. Um, or, yeah, 2016. I do remember this. But I think it was a it was a video. It was a filmed stage play. I think. I don't think it was an actual movie. Movie like Rocky Horror was. Kenny Ortega was a director. He was also the one who directed uh, Hocus Pocus because he was—he was actually a um, a choreographer as
1: well. See, there's only a couple of names in this cast I even re- recognize. And they brought Tim Tim Correa back. He's got a different role. Plays a criminologist. So 2016 musical comedy television
0: film. It is a tribute to the cult classic 1975 film with the same name and directed by Kenny Ortega using the original script written by Richard O'Brien and Jim Sharman. So there you go it's a made for TV movie and it's a remake um, but it's not an actual movie movie that might be the next logical step but then again Rocky Horror Picture Show is one of those classics that you don't really remake mm-hmm. you can't really remake it frame by frame scene by scene it's a it's a classic and it's campiness is what makes it such a classic mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people actually dress up, and it's become a stable of Halloween now to go to a theater and actually people dress up and play out some of the parts, mm-hmm. and someone play out every single scene,
3: yeah. yeah, you know,
0: of the movie on a stage or down at the at the bottom of you know in the in, the, in front of all the the seats yeah. under the screen. In a van down by the river. <laughs> It's kind of like one of those things that you do. It's like a bucket list thing. Right. You know, before you get too old and everything's sagging, you know, to actually maybe actually do that, actually dress up as one of the characters and go wa- watch Wacky Hard Picture Show on Halloween in a the theater where you could actually either just watch, I've, I've have j- fun watching Halloween.
1: everybody else play a part or actually get down there and play a part yourself. Mm-hmm. I joked with Sarah about four years ago. I said, well, i said, well, not not dress up as Dr. Frank. Furl. She said, No. <laughs> <laughs> She's she she, 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 she just said, just no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's all I got. I was like, well, damn, I was, like, I love you too, babe. She goes, just no, mm-mm. you just don't do that. No. Joe and I
0: had discussed it too, and I told her I wasn't really sure what character I could play. And she said I could I could uh, play as um, the the creation or the creature. And um, or Rocky Har. Mm. And I was like, well, maybe a couple years ago I could, but now I'm too fat. I can't do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was saying, no one. No one's gonna want to see this stomach. <laughs> I don't even like seeing the stomach. I, saying, I need to plug this up. I'm at fourteen percent.
3: Hmm.
1: I don't have a extension cord. I guess I could do it this way, because that USB cord to the mic is a decent length. You can probably push it over there and plug it in. Put the computer over there.
0: Sweetie, can you reach up and grab the plug from him?
3: TV static. (laughs) (laughs) Where were
1: you when the lights went out? (laughs) There we go. Now we have life again.
2: I don't know if this is going to hold. That's what she said. It's heavy. These outlets are kind of loose.
1: I imagine how much reverb this mic's picking up and moving it. it. Looks like we're at a little over two
0: hours now recording. Yeah. Do you want to wrap it up, or you? Yeah, it, we can. Could go a little bit longer,
1: or what? Um, probably should wrap it up too. Sarah already messaged me saying she's on her way to our friend's house. Oh, okay. That is. I was going to go over there after this. Mm-hmm. And at least we got we we got a really good amount of content in that one, I think. I think so too. And we got ooh, a third. And she put in some really good input. It's definitely, absolutely. Maybe um <laughs> maybe we'll be able to get um Barry and Justin in on one of these at one point. Yeah, I think that would be great. Uh, seriously, but particularly Justin. Barry mm-hmm.
3: Just like, Justin's
1: kind of like a I can't... Well, I think Justin's probably more about Randall than Barry would be. <laughs> yeah. As he's, name a movie. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> damn it. Damn it, Justin. What did you like when it was over? <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla, that's about it.
0: <laughs> you can talk to him about Godzilla and I think he'll be in.
2: <laughs> Which
0: one? Huh? Who? All the Godzilla. No. I don't know, Even the original and uh, the Barry, new? He loves it all? Justin, Justin. 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 Yeah, Barry... <laughs> Barry didn't care about nothing. Um, yeah, Justin could do Godzilla, any kind of Godzilla. I think he even likes the 1998 Godzilla. That's how much of a Godzilla fan he is. That he even likes the 1998 Godzilla. And Pokemon. And Pokemon. He likes, he likes Pokemon. Yeah, he like he grew up in that era. He was he was born in 1990. What? So he grew up when Pokemon became big it in the 90s. Seem like,
1: It doesn't seem like the Pokemon type.
0: Yeah, he's he's all in, in saying, Dragon
1: Ball Z. I like, well, I didn't like... He,
0: Yeah, he grew up with the, the freaking dumpster trash of toys and cards of the 1990s. <laughs> Sorry, I just... They have shit on my childhood. I, I grew up on Transformers and G.I. Joe, which seems like there's just nothing well, I, I can compare that. to that. You know. well, I, I watched all that,
1: too, but I also watched stuff in the 90s as well.
0: I don't know, just, you know, seems like the 90s toys just kind of degraded down to, like, just card games and, like... Well, like no one like really Pokemon. ever played... No one like really ever played the...
2: That was horrible. I mean, you oh, he loves even, Rug.
0: Justin like, loves Rugrats. I can't stand Rugrats. He
2: couldn't even get decent art. You know, it was like they—it it was so lazy. Art just got so lazy. Well, they were also be, easy characters part. to draw.
0: Maybe that's the next—the next topic we can talk about is like the—the the cartoons we grew up on and the differences in them. <laughs> How'd you put all that back together oh, after it was shredded? A lot of tape and a
1: lot of patience. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess this wraps up this episode.
2: We also had a new addition Georgia.
1: The Georgia. Sleepy Georgia over here.
2: Yeah.
1: Cute little pupper.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Alright, well, we shall catch up on the next episode.
2: Is there an ending? Like.
1: We haven't come up with a true catchphrase yet. No.
2: Two balls
0: Two balls Remember two bat balls
2: (laughs) Do do the voice, do it Two bat balls
1: (laughs) Good night ladies and gentlemen